and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm JP. Oh, and I'm special guest at VH Park. Uh, I guess I'm kind of part of the team because I do <laughs> yeah. come up there with uh, JP it's, on a regular exactly. basis for you guys. Grapple team now, mate. We've stolen you from post. You know, we got, we're just it's a, it's a slow it's a slow crawl. We'll get you on the. Are we contract I can't. I can't. I can't between. say that you've stolen me because I still want to go to John Pollock's uh, backyard bash in uh, in the summer. You know? yeah. I gotta. I gotta still well, be, uh, get invited for that. <laughs> make him eat some crisps, as we discussed in the uh, in the pre-show. There, uh, well, you need can't to make, really make John do anything he doesn't want to do. Just well, to, no, you know? obviously within reason. He has free will. <laughs> I'll offer him I'll just say, a taste do test. Do you want one? He's gonna. I know what he's gonna say. No, thank you. <laughs> but with a with a stern enough look in his eyes that I'm going to be like, okay, I'm not going to push my luck. I'm a Just, guest in his, in his backyard. So. He must be curious, though. There we go. Sorry. Back on John Pollock's crisp habits. Get him a refrigerated again. one. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. No, I, you know, I, I get it. I get it, though, WH. I'm wearing my post hat right now. I've literally, right. you know, covered Brit Res for the last two years just so I can still be a, a part of the post family. Not not that I actually give a fuck about Brit Res. Um, tune into it to be to be on Thursday and Friday to find out more about that. You know, I get it. You know, you got to keep your, your foot in both camps. Keep everyone happy. Play the politics. That's right. Exactly. Like, you know, like, I say this if, like, suddenly, you know, the observer says, "Do you want to do some stuff with us?" I'd be like, "I'm busy. I got posts <laughs> and grapple. I I got no time. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know." That's it. I appreciate that. You know, you're one of us. You, you've said yes to grapple, and yeah, you and JP are doing this Obi Wan Kenobi podcast. I don't even know what it is. What is it? Yes. Is it what? what? Is, Hello there. Is it a Star Wars thing? I don't know. But <laughs> yes. But but Han's in it. Better. JP told me. Yeah. The the um. What's his name? Sun Kang. The uh. The, yeah. the real Han. Not the uh, not this fake uh, Hans. Not this Harrison deal. Ford deal, right? No, no, <laughs> no I was no. going to say. Very confused here with this. Like. The real Ham we got justice for? Well, not really, but that guy. Yeah, I, I've heard that. That's all I know. I know nothing else about the show. Is it actually good? Is it shit? Do we get to hear you rip it apart? I don't know. It's good. We didn't did last night, didn't we? We we sort of went into a lot of the the plot yeah. holes. It was it was we're good not, fun. We're not fun like just going to blow smoke up, you know. Like Star Wars' ass, like you do with GCW, Venom. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I was very harsh about their uh, their their AW weekend show when forced to be. <laughs> Just cover Sean Rastaff, old Bix. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be mean about GCW when I'm uh, when I'm made. So I've got a nice flag behind me. I'll move fifteen pounds. I was going to get one for you and send it over to Canada, but the shipping was too much. So I mean, I could always use some good kindling, so I appreciate it. So. <laughs> But yeah, what have we learned about this uh, the Sans uh, this um, Obi Wan Kenobi show so far, JP? Is it um, is it worth your time? Well, it's yeah, it is definitely. Mm-hmm. But then, like I have to say, and I never thought I'd hear myself say this, like in my my twenties or something like that. Mm-hmm. But basically, like Disney Plus is fucking awesome. I haven't seen that pistol thing yet, so I'm not too sure. I'll like, reserve the right to to not be pleased with that. But it's it's really good because it's the period of time before um, a new hope. So Luke and Leia are ten years old at this point, and it's it's got Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen's back. I love Ewan McGregor. He's one of my favorite actors. He's he's on form here. Like he he's, he's and it is it's because it's got time to breathe and it's got the budget. Don't get me wrong, there are like kind of issues with it, but yeah, as a as a really big Star Wars fan, like I'm, don't, don't I'm, I'm enjoying it. The Fast and the Furious review with you, we'll we'll, we'll fit it in there somehow. We go. I just say that somehow. 
We'll get Matty involved because he's got a he's got a love for the fra- where your where your hate goes up in the later series as they start to get into space and stuff. Matty's Matty's love goes up, so that'll be a good uh, comparison. When JP That's could be in the room as the canary in the coal mine, having not experienced any of this stuff, there's money in that. Nope. You know, Maddie's like a, a broken clock. You know, twice it's correct twice twice a day, and that's about it. <laughs> Is that when he just when he's talking about Randy Orton or? <sighs> oh, actually, uh, most most of his wrestling takes are kind of wrong, in my opinion. But... <laughs> no, I think that's okay. he goes he goes from UWF to like Russo era, like WCW. It's it's mm. it, to say his wrestling tastes are eclectic is disrespectful. <clears throat> you know. Eclectic isn't the word. It's, <laughs> I'm sure he's got to, loads of old uh, Memphis I've, as well. For I've got tons of footage of like you know continental wrestling, you know, and wow. like the the Fuller Brothers shit. Fucking Eddie Graham booked Florida up to Giant Baba, you know, 80s and 90s all Japan, and you know Jushin Liger at the height of his career in New Japan Juniors in the 90s up to up to now. You know, like I watch I watch a lot of stuff too. I have a lot of context for my wrestling takes. I was I was pre-show. We were talking, you know, Simon on our uh, our Kings of the Mountain. <laughs> Definitely good follow. He is the is the Grapple Digester who um, c- translates uh, our three hours worth of rambling into a short yeah. digestible uh, tweet. Uh, it's incredible every week at uh, Yentop, isn't it on Twitter? Y e n t o b should be uh, at Littlefinger. Uh, <laughs> he's easy. He looks. He's just a little. Or Alan Yentop. What's his character? He, does. he looks. <laughs> That's gonna be what it is. Um, but... Tommy, he's the mayor in uh, the Wire. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, he's uh, Mayor Carcetti, isn't he? Um, I've been watching him. What's it called? Uh, we built this city. Oh, no, we own this city. We own this city. Yeah, JP might have uh, slid me a copy on the drive. Bit of David hey. Simon going back to Baltimore to uh, kick off a bolt injustice again. You know, what's not to love? I'm a big fan of that. Uh, but anyway, side note. Yes, so uh, Simon's. Uh, just upgraded his patron ship to become King of the Mountain, and he was uh, giving us his, uh, his pick on the pre-show, which is uh, a look at the uh, the Hart Foundation um, versus uh, Steve Austin, um, Bret Hart, Steve Austin, 97, uh, that little uh, period of roars he wants us to uh, to do as a deep cut. And yeah, you were you were shocking us, WH, you know, you've got a, got a lot of uh, love for that period. I do. It's, uh, it's listen, I, I kind of have this love for, like the the end of the <clears throat> the new generation into the attitude era, like I I fuck you. A lot of people might be surprised. I fucking love Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's awesome. <laughs> Look what I stole from Steph at the weekend. <laughs> Big Tony Norris, <laughs> Johnson, brilliant with his with his wearing his knee pads on his thighs and yeah. like just being. I I there, that match him and the him and the Legion of Doom have against the the Nation of Domination that Chicago Street fight they have mm. I think it's a third is it at thirteen with with Brett and Brett and Brett and Austin right mm. that match is fucking awesome I remember just popping out of my seat when like when Ahmed Johnson I think he gives like the 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 Tiger Driver the Pearl River plunge to like fucking D'Lo Brown on the table I was like fuck yeah I mean Legion of Doom are shit in that match yeah but they 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 serve their purpose but Ahmed Ahmed is fucking awesome in that match I I like I like Goldust <laughs> believe it or not it's so interesting some I love yeah. you know who else I love I Don't fucking love I fucking love Savio Vega. Uh, pre Los Barricos Savio Vega was fucking awesome. What a you know, and when he was Quang, when he was fucking Quang, that shit was awesome too. I love that stuff. <laughs> what was Quang supposed Come to on. be? 
like a, a ninja ninja yeah the ultimate warrior. yeah but from like, like a genie but from puerto rico or something like a puerto rico ninja or yeah. you know, puerto rican ninja or something shit like that also hakushi jinsei shinzaki oh, in wwf oh, yeah. oh so great so great did you like, think the I tattoos mean, he, were he, real or were you smart on like me no i was i knew they were like no one's gonna get it. Like, not if he wants to have a real life in Japan. He's not gonna get tattooed like that. That's a no. lot of work to do every time you got a match, though. You know, like that's yeah. Maybe think they were right. Yeah. No, like if you know anything about like Japanese culture, like you'll know that like you have to be seriously willing to like sacrifice a lot of aspects of Japanese culture, like public culture, to right. be able to to, to wear tattoos. So. Deep dive on it. Hakushi, there you go. That's the next deep dive. Was, JP, let's do it. Do you know what it is, mate? It's it's the IWC attitude era, is it's, what it is. Ninety six is the is the real ninety seven. Like I, I'm always I'm I'm not willing to willing to go with that because I've got like a lot of because it is it's WWF on the come up, isn't it? As much yeah, it's like made. it's like Sean Waltman team with Bob Holly yes. against fucking Tatanka and Bam Bam Bigelow in that finals for the tag oh. team titles. I love that match. It's good. The tag team titles are like kind of shit at that point, but that was a great fucking match. Like it's like the era of like let's make all these makeshift tag teams, and I I really enjoyed that period. Like like it, even it, a little couple of years before that in WCW, what a fucking awesome time for tag teams. Like Steamboat and Douglas, like the best Douglas has ever been because he's shit as a worker, but like you know Steamboat's so awesome, he carries him really well. The Hollywood Blondes, you had like Gordy and Williams come in. The Steiners are kind of like at the tail end before they jump to the WWF. It's great. Tag team wrestling in the 90s, so amazing. And then, you know, then I discovered Japanese wrestling and all Japan, especially. And then tag team wrestling in the 90s doesn't even get even better, you know. When, when did they lose you, the WWF? Was it like in the 97? When, when <laughs> so proper took over, 98, 99? Like fully lost me, hmm. like probably post Shield. Probably when like NXT got really good is when they lost me. And like when. When Bruce, Pr- like not Bruce Pritchard, like fucking, what's his fucking name? Bad teeth, fucking director, dude. Correct, Kevin Dunn. <laughs> Kevin fucking Dunn. When he decided, like he's like, I'm gonna start the shaky cam shit. He thinks he's fucking Paul Greengrass from the Born Identity movies, oh. and does all this shaky cam shit. And I'm like, I'll oh, fuck off. Like the more the more influence Kevin Dunn gets in the WWE is like the less I'm interested in because like he he hates him like Vince. They they hate wrestling. And it's like, why is why is your business wrestling then? Like, get out of the wrestling business, you know? Like, instead of changing the WWF from being from wrestling to like whatever this shit is now, like you 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 just do something different, get out of it, you know? I, that's just my opinion. But like, I was I was firmly entrenched with like the Shield. I loved that era of the mm-hmm. WWF, like with the Shield, up until probably like Brian retiring. The first time is probably when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of done. And then he comes back. But, like, his comeback wasn't that good. Like, we didn't get all those great, oh, he's going to fight. Yeah. You know. Chuck Gable. Uh, Andrade and yeah. fucking and fucking Gargano. And, you know, like, I'm glad he never fought Gargano because Gargano probably, like, I'm fighting Daniel Bryan. Brian Daniels, Daniel Bryan. Oh, look at my fucking hands. Bullshit, you know. Yeah. Instead, we got him against what? Baron Corbin and... uh Big Cass was <laughs> that the, the extent and of big it? Cass. Yeah. <laughs> and then big Cass, big Cass, <laughs> great stuff. WWE. I, Although I the 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 sustainable belt was was great. In that fairness, was, to it was a good. Like, he made it 
Shout out for that. That blows my mind. He was so into WWE even that late though, because I I did like that little period. Like I always joke to Massey that I think WWE's been shite for twenty years, but there are exceptions to that. And that little period where yeah, there was a lot of those Shield six months <gasps> on Raw. Punk was carrying like that second hour. You know, there was like they, they were the, the, those initial three hour Raws as rough as they were. They kind of had like the talent and enough good things, Team Hell No stuff, to just to to, to make it worth your while to to tune in most weeks. Like I. I've got a little bit of an affinity for that era. I, I mean, to my benefit, I never, because I was in Japan, I didn't watch WF live. I would oh, like, nice. you know, I would torrent it, right? And then I would just pick and choose what I, what I, okay, this, who's this? Some shit involving like, I don't know, fucking Elias or something. I'm mm. going to skip that. Or it's some shit involving fucking, you know, like some fucking idiotic angle tag team shit i'm, I'm skipping that so and, but also like as nxt got better wwe main roster got worse in my opinion so it's like it's easier i can just devote one hour of my of my time to this one good wwf product as opposed to like this this five hours of shit of like 90 percent of it is shit and the other thing is is like i'm not gonna say like i loved everything in the wwf or wwe for like the last 20 years i like maybe 10 to 15 percent of it but it was enough where i would pick and choose and just watch that mm. like i would just fast forward if i also like i had access to the network for a while so i'm like just fast forwarding through this shit and so like i'm not i'm not subject, subjecting myself to the because i'm not reviewing it and i probably i never would on a regular basis because i'm not gonna i i, I like my life too much to, to do my that to myself you know so but that's always a joy when, yeah we've missed the trick haven't we jp like we, we should have done this on a tuesday because when john and wade would have you in to review the odd raw like coming off like a japan trip or just for whatever reason forcing you to sit through it mate that's the best stuff <laughs> we don't like it when you like wrestling to wh that's not what you're here for you're here to hate stuff <laughs> <laughs> i got a lot of hate coming up from on this episode don't you worry oh yeah <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of questioning of companies tonight isn't it and, and what's going on don't you be the uh, the perfect man for that but... rebel alliance is fucking up is what it's doing <laughs> what what's that rebel alliance is fucking up who, to get wait, back onto the star who's, uh, who's the rebel alliance in this analogy is it well AEW? in theory it was aw it was everyone else bar wwe who were the who were the empire <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think, you know, you know, the thing is with like that analogy, JP, is that AEW in retrospect is not the Rebel Alliance. They're the hut cartel. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're the, yeah. they're, they're, they're the, one of the crime syndicates in the, in Star Wars rather than the, the Rebels, you know? So they're, they're kind of want to be, want to be in positions of power, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so to be new to be to be the uh, the man to uh, to have on this week to to break down this uh, oh, yeah. current state of affairs. But I was gonna say it's like I, not that I've uh, missed you or anything, JP. But I think I've recorded three hundred thousand hours of uh, audio with you this week, and that's just between the uh, the, the weekend show where we uh, we caught up <laughs> yeah. on our uh, on our various exploits, our our trips and the like to add to uh, the Vegas story. Uh, me and Steph told on on Spotlight that last week we had a. Uh, can I just can I, sorry, can I just say I loved. Every- Every episode you and Steph did on the Patreon oh, and, and Spotlight. I I I always like having when Steph shows up on 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 Grapple. Hmm. And to me, it was just like, and I always like her takes when she gets serious about wrestling and not just hmm. talks about like her clothes and shit, which is fine. Like, no offense to her or anything like that. But like when she actually talk, dissects wrestling, I'm just like, oh, she's got a great 
great mind for it. You know, her her love of Jay White notwithstanding, that's just you know the you know the broken clock part about her, right? But she, she's at least more right about wrestling than than Maddie is. Just oh, wow! <laughs> but, no, that's the that's the. But I, I I love those shows. I love when she shows up. Like you know, yeah. like so. I really enjoyed every show you guys did from Vegas and and back back in a uh, in Ireland there. See, the trick is for me to uh, not tell her that we're not behind the Patreon paywall, and then fifteen minutes in, like I did on Spotlight last week. Oh, by the way, everyone's gonna hear this. You know, we got uncensored Steph, which was uh, good. She's got she's got strong takes, you know. And she's- the shooter, oh, shooter Steph. I love Steph. shooter Steph. She's great. Oh yeah, she killed it. So I was made up to uh, to do that with her, even though I missed you, JP. But yeah, we caught up on the weekend show, spent an hour just you know talking our trips. We had uh, just did an yeah. hour pre-show with uh, with Simon at WH as well. We recorded over the weekend. We did our, uh, our our latest episode of Observe This Brother where we looked at 2002 um, WWF and uh, and uh, the end of the, the birth of uh, NWA TNA as well. 20 years ago, this month, unbelievably, um, was also the uh, the big news story. It's been uh, it's been busy for people who've uh, been missing me and you uh, catching up together and uh, and chatting. It is. I even snuck in a cheeky Monday update today because okay. that Troy two times Donovan news wasn't going to be uh, suddenly sort of let go. I felt like I had to step back into the groove again. But no, yes, we did. We did observe this. It was great. We saw um, very much the parallel between two strong-willed men at that moment in time rebelling against the structural forces around him. And I'm not talking about Roy Keane and Sai Pan in the World <laughs> Cup in 2002. No, it's Steve Austin in um, in in WWE. And he just walks. And you just think, and it was setting up a feud. I didn't know this with Eddie Guerrero. And then it was going to be a long feud with Benoit. And it was like then Lesnar at like a Rumble or a Mania. And like, that kind of sounds fucking awesome for that period of time, doesn't it? Like, fucking great shit. But yeah, no, we did that. Great show. Really, really enjoy those. Were you were like an old school observer subscriber to BH? Like, were you following? Yeah, I used to get. I used. When did I start subscribing? So I would get, I would get copies of them for a short while from Dan Lavransky, uh, and then he, I was just like, you know what, this is ridiculous. I'm just gonna get get an official thing. And I actually had a kind of a a, a kind of business relationship with Brian Alvarez because like, because uh, he oh. he would ask me for tapes because I like I forget what I was doing at the time where like. I was known that I had, you know, I had access to wrestling tapes. So I would send, I would send him, I would make tapes for him and send him like, you know, whatever crop of like New Japan, All Japan, Pressing Noah, Dragon Gate, Zero One. I was getting, I was getting everything at that time. And I would, I once said to him, I was like, do you just want me to send you the good stuff? He's like, no, I should have to, you know, I should, you know, watch all of it to get a, a you know, the, the breadth of what's going on out there. I don't, I don't think he actually had the time to actually watch all of it, to be honest with you. But I was, I was actually first a subscriber to F4W. Then I became a subscriber. And then Brian was, cause I had, I was sending him tapes. He get, he put me on a comp list for the, for four figure four. And I thought, okay, well I'm going to send, I'm going to subscribe to the observer. And I did that for maybe about five years. I have like stacks of, observers oh, the legitimate paper coffees i love that. Oh. yeah i went i was paper for a long long time and then uh the they merged and they came out with the website and it was all mostly was digital so then i was like getting because i still had access right because brian gave me a login so i had i didn't have to get the physical copies anymore so i kind of let my my subscription lapse with that but yeah like i i used to read the observer religiously every I forget, was it Tuesday or Wednesday we got it in Canada? Hmm. And I just like fucking sit down and, and read this thing cover to cover. 
it was like even the MMA stuff, which I wasn't really into at the time, but it would become later into later on when the Ultimate Fighter yeah. TV show, the first season of that oh. came out. I I got into MMA and reading that that aspect of it. We've all got an education in MMA because, in MMA because of the Observer yeah. and because of people like John. Like I can hold it. Like I've got mates who really love UFC. I can hold the conversation with them. I don't watch a full mm-hmm. minute of it. But I can talk about it. Like I know the yeah. history, and it's purely from like the observer and uh, and post and, and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, these days, like I think it's more of a time thing for me. Like I don't really absorb too much wrestling journalist uh, like news content anymore. Like because I I actually you know because I do my own content with post and and with you guys, I I listen to as many podcasts as I can through post and through Grapple. And there's like occasionally other podcasts like the stuff Alan Forel does over at at the torch i try to listen to as much of that as possible because i i have so much respect and love for alan and and just like 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 the eastern laird i try to keep up with that because i, I respect strig and dylan fox so much and just you know it's just hard like something had to give and it's like okay the observer has to go just because like you know here's the thing about about that it's nothing against dave or anything like that it's just like everyone distills dave like through their own coverage like this was reported in the wrestling observer. Like I'll hear that in anything I listen to. So I was like, I don't feel like I need to listen or read the observer anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I think maybe Dave doesn't provide the kind of like style of, of coverage or content that I want to, that I, I want to see anymore. And that's, it's, it's more of just a personal tasting rather than like, I, I, I don't have any, like anything, nothing against Dave or Brian or anyone over at, over at the, the wrestling observer site. Mate, you're just pissing on Ray Stevens' grave there. <laughs> just not a fan of roller. Uh, was it rollerball, roller derby, R- roller jam? Oh, roller jam. That's it. Fucking oh, loves that. Loves it? a side to Christ step God. into that buddy. Oh, no, we like this. This one we looked at the 2002 one. It was just like what oh. a period. You know, Brandy Orton's coming up, Brock Lesnar's coming up. You know, Cedar's coming up. Vince McMahon's on bite this shooting. Like, I don't even remember that. Like, I didn't even remember that being, like, a big thing. Shane Douglas, your favourite wrestler WHs, costing themselves bookings with, uh, with NWAT and the, the, the oh. home company because they're booking Francine. Old school ECW product, man, politics getting in the way. It's brilliant stuff. It's great. I, you, and I was, I was probably still... You some... lose the franchise, is, like, the quote you said. <laughs> of course he does, and he fed it to him. I was probably getting the Observer around that time. So it's it's because uh, I re- I distinctly remember him loving like Dave loving OVW so much. Both him and Brian just loved OVW because it was what the kind of wrestling they would hope would would filter into the WWF, like the booking style of like Cornette at the time. And then like when Paul when Heyman takes over OVW, I think they love it even more. You know, it's great stuff. That Heyman OVW stuff is I got a lot of like footage of that shit somewhere That's in my house. Yeah. Uh, mainly That's good stuff. Heyman. But it like the, the like the episodes of TV around that when he started booking the TV around it, yeah. and you know uh, the cast of guys that are there as well. It's like it's the problem was though no one was fucking watching it. Like nobody, nobody main roster side gave a fuck. You know, it was the opposite problem to what uh, what Triple H. The best, with. the best thing I ever saw with CM Funk in, in OVW was his interactions with the uh, with the Spirit Squad. 
It's great stuff. <laughs> but that was always the thing, you know, Heyman and Cornette, they try and do, you know, the best with those those broken parts. Like Cornette to try and give like the, the boogeyman a, a real like purpose and, and reason for existing, you know. Heyman trying to book like the Basham brothers as like a, a real thing. And then Heyman would just be like, you know, appealing to the indie fans, uh, like me and booking, you know, punk against um, you know, the uh, the the, OV, the the WWE favourites and putting them over and making him the guy. It was uh, it was great stuff. You remember when Heyman like made Santino Morella a Russian shooter and he had these vignettes filled of him? <laughs> that was yeah. fucking awesome. That was great. And like the day he showed up as Santino Morella, the the comedy sidekick from fucking Italy, even though he's from Mississauga, Ontario, which is like, you know, an hour drive for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I was like, you missed the boat on this Russian shooter gimmick, even though he's like so short. <laughs> this was great. This video was unbelievable. <laughs> Oh, need to yeah. hunt that down. It's great That's stuff. Like him, I, I always Good loved shit. Brent Albright was a favorite in that like OVW period as well. They were the types of guys Heyman was. was <laughs> Don't get me started on Brent Albright. I met that guy in real life. What a fucking asshole he oh, is. Really? <laughs> oh, he is like he was like the most misogynistic, like obnoxious fucking guy. Like so, we were on a patio. We were at like uh, Jay Chung's. Like, she had a, we, there was a like an ROH show in Toronto at. Uh, Ted Reeve Arena, and uh, and then she had she was, she had she owned a sports bar in downtown Toronto, like maybe an hour away. So all the wrestlers were going to be there, and she like was going to have a uh, after party. So like my my friend and I went. We just sat on the patio because like we were looking inside, and all the like all the marks that were in there, like trying to you know chat up the the Briscoes who just wanted to drink. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. It was kind of sad and funny at the same time. But we, I, we were sitting on the patio, and ne- right next to us is Brent Albright sitting on the patio and just harassing every fucking woman who walked by, just like saying the most unbelievable sexist and misogynist things to her, to them, like, and just calling them, like, you know, saying terrible things to them. They, they ignored him. And we were just like, holy shit, this guy, what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. Sounds like Sid the sexist. I don't know. You know? Yeah. And I, this, I, I witnessed this. It's not like secondhand information. This is, I saw this, with, I heard this and saw this with my own eyes with this guy just being a complete fucking asshole to, to everyone walking by that night on the streets of Toronto. Terrible. Well, now I'm glad he retired. Fuck that guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I had half of people, and I was like, is he dead? No, he's not dead. We're all right. Uh, we're safe. <laughs> but he's still going. You know? What are you going to do? I guarantee you, if he, wasn't, if he didn't retire guy. from wrestling, he would have probably been called out and speaking out. That's what I think. Yeah, wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me. But uh, there you go. There's your last generation of uh, OVW. We'll do that as a a mixtape at uh, at some point, Jake yeah. uh, But yeah, like I said, we've been super busy, and if people uh, did miss it. You know, we got got a, a lot of uh, catch up stuff over on the uh, on the Patreon. JP put up mm-hmm. the uh, the, Car- the latest Karen Peterson show as well. That's on the, uh, yes. the public feed. So there's a uh, bonus content for the uh, the public people um, out there as well. Karen, uh, Karen, I think we make it. Is that a regular show now, JP? Is that official? The Karen Peterson. Show? I think so. We're gonna be gonna be one. She made the graphic on Twitter. There. I was very impressed. Did. No, she was absolutely on it, and uh, and obviously she was covering did loads of stuff for like Cyberfight. Not for Cyberfight, yeah. but like in terms of the coverage for that, and I'd recommend like reading all of that on post. But it was great. Wh, you've recorded with Karen; she's just brilliant. To oh yeah, we're probably going to have her on the next uh, post Perez this month. Mm. So, where I'm going to test test her patience because I'm just going to eviscerate uh, some of her favorite promotions. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Excited for it. Always the best audio. Looking forward to the GCW oh, yeah. later. Um, but before we get to uh, get to all that, obviously there's a lot of uh, stuff in uh, wrestling this week to uh, to get through to. I don't know if we should uh, mm. kick off, JP. You did promise the uh, the patrons and people in Germany. People got enough well, of my uh, my Vegas uh, stories last week and, uh, and over on the Patreon. I, people wanted to know what, what was going on at this... Uh, this family camp show you were you found yourself at it. Uh, I'll be back, guys. I'll be back. Oh, go. <laughs> I thought I thought to be oh. right into this, but you know you were. Uh... Oh, I thought he would. Well, he will be when he listens back onto <laughs> this, this. I this won't take you were up to when uh, when you disappeared, mate. We left. Uh, we left Matthew yeah. and Gareth in charge. By the way, we did an incredible job. I was watching yes. them live on an aeroplane over somewhere over San Jose on the uh, on the airplane Wi-Fi as they uh, steered the ship. It wasn't out of fear, honest, of uh, of what Matty could or or might do um, with his. Uh, with it, with the power that we uh we left those two with, but no, they did a a cracking job, and then yeah, as WH had me and uh me and Steph uh, held the forts on uh on Monday. We, meanwhile, you were uh, actually wasn't quite Vegas, mate, but it looked like you were sunning enough. I kind of was, even though it wasn't like kind of blissfully hot. I was in Dawlish in Devon, where I didn't expect to see any wrestling. Like he was on this holiday camp. Obviously, it was Jubilee weekends. So he couldn't move for bloody Union Jacks. Like honestly, it was <laughs> it, it, it was it was all over the place. But it was kind of fine for for what it was. It was just like kind of like first time I'd been camping as well. And they were like, "Oh, you never done this? You never done crabbing?" I'm just like, "Mate, I'm from fucking Tottenham. Like, we're not doing this shit there when I was growing up." But there you go. Um, so did that, but saw that they had a wrestling show. So. Um, and it was billed as all-star mega slam, so I was very confused. I suspect it's neither. Um, and my God, like compared to Double or Nothing, which appeared to have a cast of thousands, like <laughs> just involved generally in it. I tried at one point counting it up, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. There's like seven people walked in at the end of this match. This whole operation, like it was just part of the entertainment. So it lasted one hour. It involved five people, including what I assume was one bloke putting up the ring he was also the ref as well, and four wrestlers. It was two singles and a and a tag in there, and the um and it was proper like kind of family wrestling stuff, and it was fucking great. Son was there. I had a couple of beers on the go because he just sort of like walked down to the field. I was there, girlfriend's kids who never been to see wrestling before, so they were like they ran up and they like got to slap their hands, and it was like they were all very excited by it. And then um, Joel Redman appeared, which I was <laughs> taken very much. Was it to Champions Carnival 2018 or 19? I, I, I forget where he uh, where he he did in there. Gentleman Joel, as I think you you christened in Dublin. Uh, he was great in, in that short period of time. He was in all. He Japan. really was. Well, I come on to that. He he, he lost. I can't remember the names of the other guys. There was a guy in a mask who they just did lucha chants for throughout. <laughs> Kids were like pillorying the other guy who was like the kind of heel. And then it was like this sort of youngish bloke. He looked very much like Husky Harris era, sort of Bray Wyatt. Up against Joel, he beat him. Like it was a bit, it was a bit sneaky, like in terms of uh, like sort of pulling the tights. And his hometown lad, he's from Devon, Joel Redman. And then they had a tag in the main event and he got his win back. And then afterwards, queued up for photos. And it was all the kids except when it came to me at the end. And my girlfriend said, go on, go behind. You take a photo. So her oh, kids are there. So I have got a photo of me with them. Oh, yeah. Going in the show and, and then nailed on. Oh, Tell me that right now. And then, oh, no, it gets better. She just goes, um, she goes, oh, you'll talk about this on your podcast. To which the bloke in the mask just sort of goes, you got a podcast? 
and Joel Redmond's there, and clearly he's looking a bit pissed off. Is anyone a shit all over this show, which I have zero interest in doing? And if <laughs> anyone is going to a holiday camp, go and fucking see it because it's wrestling in its simplest form. It's like good work, old school, like every young wrestler should be doing this type of stuff. And fucking one hour, I managed a couple of pints, more than happy. Like I said to him, I was like, oh, mate, I love that Champions Carnival running. He went, yeah, it's a bit different from uh, Corroquin Hall, he said, <laughs> um, in there. And I was just like, mate, you know, you'll be out there soon enough. He seemed happy with himself. One hour, two matches. Can't fault him for the work, right? There are a lot of the mums there properly staring at him as well. Like, properly, <laughs> like, yeah, really was. Yeah. And it was very warm as well. And there was a couple of times I had to hold um, Benji, Vicky's dog, back as well because I was a bit worried he was going to jump in the ring um, <laughs> at one stage. It was fucking great. It was the antithesis of Double or Nothing, <laughs> which just, I don't know, appeared to be becoming some sort of Heaven's Gate production as the dodgy Wi-Fi that would take me four days to watch this show. And I was like, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. This was just like an exercise in minimalism by comparison. But yeah, it was great. Could have got it added to grapple, mate. You know, I'm sure he would have. Sure, you made all of it I'll, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you the. Um, I'll send you the image. We'll probably put it up on the post show. Feels as, like your stuff, well, almost. Yeah. I'm glad you got to experience it. That's the proper stuff. Never mind me messing around with uh, You know, and oh, yeah. watching AEW. That's the. <laughs> that's, that's taboo that's... on a family show. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real wrestling scene that'll never die. As Simon said in the chat, yeah, the days of uh, the Red Power Ranger on holiday camp shows like this. Is there equivalent to that? Like where, where you are, WH? You know, where it's like five lads in a van, and there's like two tags. One of them wears a mask, and he comes back out for the main event. Maybe a cheeky, cheeky battle royal. Um, in there as well, you know. Ref dons a mask for a different mask, a different match. You know, getting a no, I, I, six match card out of six wrestlers. <laughs> I think it's a very much a, a a British thing, like this, like these holiday camp wrestling shows. We have like we have people like promoters here who just want to be the next, you know, ECW ROH. And there was a great promotion here called UWA Hardcore, and they just mixed like all these indie towns. Like that's first time I ever seen like Generica live, Kevin Steen live, Claudio Castagnoli live, the machine guns live. It was like, they bring them in and they'd mix them with all the local Toronto talent, like that would work these shows. And it was fun. It was a fun show. Like, um, mind you, I got, I got really angry at some of these shows cause they've just go on for fucking forever, like four hour shows. One time they had this like tag team title match. It was like who was the fuck? It was like it was like Christopher Bishop, who's a really good like high flyer. I think he was teaming with like Josh Prohibition, if you remember him. Oh yeah, oh, they, they were like the tag champions, and they were fighting fucking the 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 promoter owner Osiris, who was complete shit. He had these terrible vinyl pants, and he wore a t shirt. And team was I forget who his teammate was, probably another shit guy with terrible gear. But they had this like ladder match with like scaffolding. So it was like a scaffold match with like car doors to use as plunder and shit on and stuff. And there's a point where like, I think it was, yeah, it was Christopher Bishop. He could have got the tag team titles, the belt are right there, but he decided to do a shooting star press and then the belt, a shooting star press on the other guys. And I was just like, I got up and I was like, fuck this shit. And I left. Cause it was like it was almost fucking midnight. I'd been there since seven. I'm like, fuck this. I'm fucking <laughs> leaving. <laughs> you know, five hours, mate. That's oh, you'd have loved this one hour. 
No, it sounds brilliant. Three hours and a WH will be storming out on us. Um, yeah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I just put the picture up for the uh, the video viewers of uh, JP. And, and there's and there's the dog. Oh, oh my god, that's that El Ligero, is it? No, no, we jacked. Do you know what? I, <laughs> yeah, I reserve I reserve the right to not be like as as masked man. He was great. And I'm and I'm hoping he's a good person as well. I'll just sort of throw I mean, that he in. He's a pro wrestler, so but yeah, you know, we'll mate, mate, he was good. Like everyone should be in on this holiday camp stuff. <laughs> like, All right, I'm coming. I'm coming over to your 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 country, and I got to go to a holiday camp, oh. and I have to go to a Chinese chippy with Benno. Have you, you have you ever seen you ever seen Phoenix Nights? Wh Have you heard of that as a no. sitcom? Right, that's need to get you in on that. Because there's a there was a lot of Phoenix nights for like the bingo stuff that was going on. Okay. There. My oh. favorite British sitcom is Couple of Links. Oh, that's a good show. Mm. I remember that back in the day. Bloody yeah. I haven't seen it for a hell of a long time. Our version of Friends, wasn't it? That's kind of what it was. It was. <laughs> I, I was gonna ask WH yeah. on the fast food front if you got any takes on my uh, my raving about uh, American takeaways this last week or so. Um over in the Patreon side. What do you think of my top five? Popeyes, you know, thrown in there. Candid Express. Popeyes is okay. I know you had Popeyes mashed potato. Se- uh, listen, seven eleven here is shit. Uh, <laughs> honestly. Like, cause like I've been to the I've been to seven eleven heaven, which is Japan. Hmm. Let me tell you something, Ben. You, if you like American Seven Eleven, you are going to like fucking like orgasm if you ever walk into a Japanese Seven Eleven. Do they I'm have just going to tell you right there, right now. They don't have big gulps, which is probably good for you because <laughs> you might end up like Maddie. Yeah, <laughs> in the sense that you might end up like Maddie, right? <laughs> but li- li- listen, Anth- Anth- like Anthony Bourdain will will tell you, like convenience store Japanese convenience store sandwiches hmm. are unbelievably good. Like Seven Eleven was like of the of the pantheon of like convenience store chains in, in Japan, 7-Eleven was my top. Cause like they had the best ready to eat meals. Like you just microwave it and it's fucking good. Mm-hmm. And, and it was in the coffee, the coffee machines they had are fucking good too. Like, and then it's like, fa- like it was like 7-Eleven Lawson's family Mart and then fucking uh, mini stop. And then it just turned to, sh- then it's just like, you're not even worth mentioning the ones after that, but like 7-Eleven top notch, Fuck! Ask ask Martin because he was in Japan. Ask ask Martin. We we all plan a trip. We'll all go to Japan together. We'll I'll take you to all the good convenience stores. See, you know what sounds too good though? Is it a Seven Eleven if there isn't like some sketchy meat on it, like a little roller grill? You know, like a fake hot dog or those weird little wrap things they do. No, feels like feels foreign to me, though, bitch. I I that being said, like there's a Seven Eleven, like on my way to work from the subway. I, and occasionally I'll just get like the double hot dog for $6 deal for my, for my lunch or something like that to take with me. And it's just like, it's terrible, but it's at the same time, it's $6 and it's good enough. You know, mm. it's good enough. So I'm, I'm okay with it, you know? So, That's good. but I know I, I liked your review of Panda Express. I'm like, That's all right. Oh, yeah. I, I, I I'm a big fan of, of Thai, Thai. Don't you hate no, me no. for that? The beef, what's the beef thing they do no, no, there? No, no, it's no. amazing. It's like a spicy beef. Oh, I, I, I love that. I don't know. Well, now, was it was it a proper restaurant? Was it a food court? Food court. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Vegas. So, you know, that's kind of what all you've, all you've got. So I, I actually think food court Chinese takeaway is the best. It's better than going to a restaurant, in my opinion, actually. So it's uh, there's a lot of like, like I Popeye, Popeye's is, is good. 
uh, I like their mashed potato. I think that's probably my favorite thing on the menu rather than it's the a chicken. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I, I would honestly like eat a gallon of like the mashed potato and gravy and maybe have some biscuits on the side. The chicken was all right. It's just okay. The chicken's okay. It's okay. The sandwich is better than the actual chicken. Good you tip. know. Good tip. Yeah. So like if you if you if you if you're not a big fan of like I I have like a very low tolerance for like fried chicken mm. like having like just the chicken but if you put it in a sandwich like that's fine i think that's a lot more tolerable for me uh what i don't know which ones what else would you i don't uh, we, chipotle yeah i liked it there i like jack in the box although that was uh, it was expensive we never had we don't have that yeah we don't have that oh, yeah nice. yeah i was getting a lot of replies from people going oh you know we're, we've got a wendy's in england we've got a popeyes and it's like this one like outside of greater london <laughs> it's like okay yeah we don't really know do we we'll get the yeah, it's in oxford mate Is the there's a wendy's there oh there you go we'll get yeah there. used we'll get to there. be um used to be shoe the kind of overpriced uh trainer shop <laughs> Right next door to a Sainsbury's local. <laughs> I've never been. My favorite thing on Wendy's menu is uh, <laughs> huh? my my favorite thing on the Wendy's menu is uh, is the chili. I love fucking Wendy's chili. Uh, so. Oh, just to get a bit of chili as a side, it's um, it's glorious, man. It's glorious. No, it's the meal. Like I, I will get the taco salad where you just stick it on a bunch on a, on a salad with like crushed like uh, nacho chips and some and some like. Um, sour cream and mix chili with that it's fucking great <laughs> see i feel i feel i feel uh, i feel honored mm. i've not been ripped apart by uh food critic wh Par. i follow your facebook and your instagram mate you're always eating at nice places so it's good to know you can get down oh, and yeah. dirty with us as well at the uh at the set which is a good oh, which is probably it. a good sign for if you ever do come to england and me and matty drag you to the uh the local chinese or uh <laughs> local kebab house. we'll give you the full tour mate we'll give you the works I'll just cleanse my palate by going to Oxford, and JP is going to take me to a nice Indian curry restaurant. There you go. There is there is some there is some nice places here. There are some, um, yeah. That that uh, um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, there's some decent places in the centre of Oxford, posh ones as well, as you can imagine. Mainly JP. Slot Brides had revisited in the centre of town. JP, he'll cook you a decent fry up, mate. Solid roast. I'll do. I'll do a roast. Is it better than Sue Osprey's roast, <laughs> mate? Like, and the worst thing was asking her for tips, and all the while thinking, if I ate what you'd cooked up, I'd have had a shit. <laughs> um, and especially with like that, was it dark fruit strongbow that they had in the hallway as well? Classy. They'd made a dent into. She was on about it, like. I mean, I don't know what show and show's not been the same man since. Oh, if you think about it in many maybe. ways, like his career <laughs> kind of feels like it's fallen off ever since he tracks. had that roast. Yo looks still looks startled by the whole event. It's like he's I don't know, it's like he's in a permanent trance, like for what that roast has done. Uh, something else we can blame Osprey for. Wonderful. <laughs> There you go, let me leave it there. Any ammo, but that's a good um, segue into actually talking the uh, the wrestling stuff after an hour and 40 minutes of uh, not talking about wrestling. But we should probably get into the reason we got, J- uh, got WH uh, here with me and JP and that. Yeah, you know, but worlds have collided. You know, Forbidden Door is uh, is is on the <laughs> it's on the horizon. We've got that to talk about as well as uh, Dominion Dynamite uh, Cyberfight as well lately, but... Let's start with uh, Forbidden Door, lads. You yeah. know, it's the uh, it's the dream card. You know, we all we've all hoped for. You know, we gotta bear in mind we are. You know, we're still early in the build. There's a lot of supposition as to what the card is gonna be at the minute. But 
I don't know. I'm not sure if it's even meeting my uh, minimal expectations of what a, uh, a dream interpersonal card might do, and I think it's being hamstrung a little bit by some of the uh, the booking problems that I think are uh, represent themselves uh, on AEW's TV in general. Which, by the way, still continues to blow away with uh, with great matches. It's just the uh, the in between. I think we're gonna have a lot to uh, to say yeah. about today. But yeah, we're. we're Obviously, me and you, JP, we haven't chatted about it AEW properly in, uh, in a while, other than uh, that little bit, little chat on the weekend show on uh, on Friday. What's your uh, excitement level for Forbidden Door, mate? Was uh, was uh, oh. J- John Moxley versus Tanahashi? Um, what else have we got potentially? Uh, we got p- what, some kind of situation with uh, with Jay White. It looks like Adam Jay White Cole. Hangman, but it Adam looks like Cole. the telegraph in the ending with with Adam Cole. But what's happening with with Okada in, in that mix as well? Um, yeah, it seems yeah. like from Rampage. I mean, I hope it's not the case. Osprey and Trent might be a thing we're getting towards, or at least some kind of heavy use of uh, Trent on this show, mate. Was it? Uh, were these matches on your list of dreams when uh, when you first heard about the concept, mate? No, not at all. <laughs> um, I, I've, I, I think I've just grown to be generally disappointed with promotional shows for the most part in recent years. Like if we go back to the third Wrestle Kingdom they did, and that was really, other than the Congo LIJ match, really was felt like you could effectively miss it really for the most part. You know, we're going to talk about Cyberfight and they don't really play up the interpromotional kind of as much as they could do. They could do a, they could do a lot more interesting stuff, but it's like, I don't know. It's this, this idea still of, of holding back on stuff that they could do, they could do the, like some really great stuff, but it almost feels like there's this weird idea that like in the Trent Beretta case of like, oh, well, he's a name from New Japan, so we're going to use him in this prominent position. But like, what a waste of Will Ospreay, which you would talk about as well. Like if you're bringing him in for like, you know, as part of a big interpromotional feud, and then you've got him in a six man as you you pointed out to me, it was like, I, I hadn't really thought of it, but yes, you can't six bring, man on rampage. Whatever your thoughts are on Will Ospreay, like he's a, you know, not the top guy mm. in New Japan, but he's, it's a big deal. Will Ospreay Mainable. being in your company. It's like, you know, it should be a big deal. He's making his debut. It should be a big deal. He's going to be in an AW ring and you debut him in the middle of dynamite, laying out Trent. And then, you know, without a second to breathe, but to the back to the next segment, and it's not really given much importance. You can probably let that go, you know? I'm not going to uh, whine too much about a lot going on on, uh, on Dynamite, but I think moments like that should should get a little bit of time to breathe. And then, yeah, his debut takes place in a in a six-man on, you know, the Rampage show that's watched by 500,000 people. And not only that... They use the match to put Trent over. Trent wins. Osprey's team doesn't even. I know he didn't take the four, but they don't even win the match. Like what a this is. It's like when um, the invasion happened and they had like Mike Awesome and Rhino and the lads working shotgun and superstars and stuff in the build up to the invasion pay per view. It's like I mean I feel I feel like you should. It's a bit like the Jay White debut. You know whatever your thoughts are on Jay White, and I'm sure there's uh, someone on the podcast who's going to give us strong thoughts on Jay White. The, the same thing happened with him. He debuted in a pre tape. And then they, they had him on Rampage, didn't he? Work Trent as well. Like he was working mid carders, like it wasn't a big deal that, that he was on the show. It's like no matter what you think of these people, surely you want to present them as you know a big deal and make this feel like there's important big time singles matches having on the show. I mean, obviously you want to 
get your crowd to to know who these people are. And I suppose that's the logic of throwing them on Rampage. But I don't know. I feel like a video package or two could probably do a better job of that. Or maybe even going the opposite way rather than doing these constant surprise debuts in front of, you know, crowds in venues that maybe aren't going to, as we're seeing over these few weeks leading up to Forbidden Door, aren't the ideal crowds for, for knowing about New Japan, I would say, and not really hugely hardcore towns. Like, you know, rather than do that, maybe just, you know, announce the match and then we'll build backwards and we'll explain who the people are and we'll we'll build up anticipation on the way to this dream match pay-per-view. Would that not be a way of doing it? I just, yeah, that, that Osprey one just sums up a lot of things for me right now, JP. It's what's got the build to forbidden door so far and bear in mind it is so far and this is speculation and you know things might change in the next couple of weeks and we might get a, a whole lot more excited but yeah it's like it sums up that and it sums up i think aw's kind of strange um booking at the minute and the weird world um aw is right now that i'm sure we'll get into i think you've used it jp Does it mind? There we go. Is that better? There we are. Um, There. No, we won't. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. As soon as I was going to kick off, why are we having an invasion in the first place? Like, why? Didn't need it. And that feels like an AEW storyline. And that's kind of been like the dominating force is trying to insert a whole load of other new people after introducing God knows how many into an already convoluted mix, which hits on the kind of bigger issue, which is I've never seen a roster more in need of a cull. I know that doesn't seem like a nice thing to say, but it doesn't make for good television. I've kind of like watching Double or Nothing and being away camping and that taking so long. It's I find it very hard to get back into AEW generally. And obviously there's like an excitement level for this because you think the potential for what they could do, even though New Japan and the Straits they're in, and we'll get into that in a bit, you know, you can put a lot of interesting matches together and even like kind of multi-man tags, which have kind of novel combinations and matchups, you can have that. And it doesn't feel like we're getting it. It feels like we're going to end up with Tom Hiroishi sort of shoehorned into a four-man, like for a title, which... I mean, God, when that was proposed, we're going to do an all Atlanta title. Why did somebody just go, no? How many titles do you need? It's like, honestly, it's the most ultimate hold we my beer moment from when we were complaining about New Japan bringing a trios title in. It looks <laughs> like the fucking dawn of a golden age by comparison with this. Another secondary title, because they can't even book the secondary title that they have at the moment. Well, you know... It is. It's. It's kind of. I feel like I. You know. I'm not. In, it's not quite Donald Glover walking in with a load of pizzas and the rooms on fire, but it feels like there's a smouldering and like somebody hasn't recognised it because, like, it feels like a mess. And like you, you know, mentioned about Jay White and you know, in terms of like his promo at the end of Dominion, where it's entirely setting up him and him and Hangman, could just be a match. But instead, this is going to be more Bullet Club elite, not undisputed elite nonsense, isn't it? And that's what it is. And we're going to build up to his interference. So why have the IWGP title in there in the first place? It, 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 doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel good at all. Too many belts, a bloated roster. This all, this all found uh, familiar, WH. You know, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a New Japan for wrestling. To be quite honest with you, you know, it sounds but, like uh, you know early early two thousands WWF. It sounds like the WWF now, you know, WWE now. So, you know, 
What's your hype level for Forbidden Door, mate? You're, uh, <laughs> you it, it's declined. Oh, no. It, uh, when they first talked about it, I thought, okay. Because then, you know, the fan in me just took over and I thought, okay, this is what they could possibly do that would garner my interest. I try to get tickets. I try to get tickets, you know. I'm so glad now I didn't because this would have been completely. I mean, they should just retitle this show to Wet Fart, you know. That's what, <laughs> that's what it, it comes across to me. Like, okay. Okay, Tanahashi versus Moxley. Okay, that's cool for mm. for the interim title. That, that's kind of bullshit. But uh, you know, CM Punk, you know, got you can't predict things like that happening to Punk. So that's a terrible thing to happen for him. Um, but I mean, as far as that goes, I think they should put the puck belt on Tanahashi. Right? It's just the interim title. Who cares if he's going to take falls in the G one? As long as there's there, to big enough people, just Tony tell tell fucking Je- G- Ghetto, don't don't he can't lose to fucking. You know, Chase Owens or fucking Toriano, okay? Like oh. Okada and Osprey are okay if he loses falls to them in the in the G1, but not not Chase Owens, Bad Luck Fale, or or fucking, you know, or or, or anyone other fucking loser that they put in this fucking fucking shit tournament that they're gonna have in the summer. But have him have him be the champion. And then you do punk versus Tanahashi, another pay-per-view. Like how awesome would that be? It'd be nice, but I just don't see them doing it at all. I, I, I like for them, and that's the problem I have. I with this is if they had the title on Moxley at this point, and I don't even know why they need to go into an interim title so quickly. That's a whole other thing on this. But you know, if it was a case where it was like a kind of a special match between John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi, then fair enough. That's kind of what this card would have been about. Like in a sense, it's it's the kind of it's the meeting of of forces that don't you don't see in the ring together as much as anything else. So like it, it, you don't need some massive storyline, you know. Kensuke Sasaki versus Kenta Kabashi, that was just literally names projected on a fucking screen and people went batshit, didn't they? It, like and then that like that's kind of what you do within a promotional stuff. You don't need to, if you did Austin versus Goldberg, you don't need to do a series of Goldberg run-ins. You almost don't want to have them like anywhere near each other until they meet in the ring. That's like part of the appeal would be the first time seeing a carder walk down the ramp. Like if he was taking on, I mean, I don't know, Malachi Black. I don't know why that name's come to mind, but like if, if he's taking on someone like that, like that's where the intrigue lies. Instead, we've not had that. We've had like a series of angles where we don't need to have any angles at all. It feels overcooked. And like, to be honest, I would put, I don't think putting the belt on Tanahashi would be a good idea. I think that's just more, it, it, it strikes me as something Tony would do right now with the wacky ideas he's going through. So you might get your wish, but I, I you know, doing that as well. And taking- or it, the belt off the show at the very least just just say it's a it's it's for the number one contendership to, for when punk comes back yeah okay then there's no belt on the line there's no championship champion losing falls anywhere and then he's just the next contender for when punk comes back he's the first guy he faces on a J- pay-per-view in the future jp alluded to it there like i my biggest thing is man i don't know why we need to have a champion going into forbidden door like if anything it just creates your headaches like they yeah. could have absolutely just done dream matches for Bidden Door and sorted out the title situation afterwards with like, you know, a tournament around the top five contenders or, you know, something better than the, the fucking Battle Royal, I'm sure we're gonna gonna rip into a bit um from Dynamo. Or at least just or at least just wait till you know how long CM Punk's out for and then make a decision. They had rather that. than like 
it's like a couple of days and it just feels like they've kind of like really rushed into it. Whereas like, look, we need to give this amount of thought because it's going to affect long-term booking plans. It's a symptom of what's going on in in AEW right now. It's just the trying Mm. to do too many things. And people don't like, people get really affronted at the idea that too much can happen on a wrestling show. Like there's a lot of great shit that happens on Dynamite. There's also a lot of shit that doesn't get given the right gravitas and time to breathe. You know, it's the type of thing we've been talking a lot about, like Hangman Page's uh, title run, the Osprey debut this week. You know, the, even the the announcement of Punk, you know, losing the title. He left themselves with ten minutes before they had to get off the air, and the, they were trying to promote the the title match that night and thirty seven other things as well as explain what was going on with the title. It's like, you know. There are uh, uh, the people who don't like that criticism ever watch the good TV show because good TV shows have editors. Good TV shows have like conti- people who look at the, the continuity of stuff and look at like you know have we done this yeah. same thing three times in the same show? Have we given the right gravitas to this big moment? Should this be the end of moments of the show rather than you know something happens before we go to a, a pre-tape with the best friends? So there's just you know, that 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 that's what AEW is right now. Like you made the point mm-hmm. there, JP, about like you know trying to like establish too many people at once. You know this forbidden door pay per view coming at a time when we're still dealing with the the outcome of the last pay per view. They're still trying to you know forward other storylines. You know Jericho's got a hair versus hair match going on next week that they really didn't give get the proper time it needed to you know to sell that for next week. You know the de- the debut and other random people. You know there's lots of still people turn up on the show like. As high as we all were on, you know, that's the Takashita match a, a few weeks ago. Where's he been since? Nowhere, because there's no time for him to be on TV. And you know, where you know, where where would you slot him? And he's another person, you know, you're trying to establish at the same time as you're trying to establish who these new Japan guys are who are coming in as well. And it's, you know, it is. It's it's a it's a TV show right now that doesn't have like a logical through line and doesn't mm. you know allow things to breathe and doesn't tell these stories well it's absolutely helped by the fact that they've got some of the best wrestlers in the world having cracking wrestling matches and that was all over dynamite and that was all over rampage but that doesn't change the fact that you know the writing and the the build to these matches and you know all of that stuff is like I've I've not seen a lower point with AEW, and I don't think that's a controversial take. You know, and everyone say it from Keller to Meltzer to to Tom Martin to to most people covering this stuff. It's just it's a mess right now, and it's it's a it's a, a symptom of a booker who's trying to book a new Japan invasion thing, trying to book his own storyline still, trying to shoehorn ROH titles in, as well as all the other stuff he wants to do on these shows, all the other tournaments, as you say, JP, another tournament for another title, another one thrown in the mix as well, which is just hilarious. The reason we got a fucking battle royal on Dynamite this week to set up one half of this convoluted bracket for the interim champion is because they didn't want to run a tournament, not because they'd recently ran one but because they had a fucking another one right around the corner and they just couldn't possibly change those plans. It's just, it's ADHD booking right now and it's, you know, like I say, it's mm-hmm. saved by the quality of the wrestlers and the people in these segments. But as a logical show with good stories being told, I don't think that's there right now. Yeah. I'm, I think the thing with this is, and this is the key to its long-term growth, we need to think of this as a television program. And at the minute, this is a television program which has like a really loads of very, very talented character actors and very few of them are actually kind of like big recognisable names. And they've got interesting stuff and it's got potential. 
but there's too many of them, so you don't really care and you're not invested. But it may have, for example, great action sequences or kind of like moments along the way where you're kind of reminded about how good this could be. And that's not going to attract anyone new because the great wrestling will appeal to the kind of wrestling fan, but the kind of longer term things, and we spoke about things around the Attitude Era, is that idea of emotional investment. It's hard to get very emotionally invested when there's a rush 30-second pre-tape and then there's a match next week. How can you get invested in that? And I've had reservations over storylines in AW for a while, and occasionally they get it back on track. And you go, okay, it's getting better. You can see where it is. And honestly to God, it just feels like in the run-up to this show, uh, when they felt like they got the misstep with um, Hangman and Page, and it was like they're telling a story without actually telling you what the story is. Everything's gone really haywire. And like that's the thing about it is, is it requires like, you know, him as showrunner, absolutely fine. But he can't do all of this stuff. And I brought up the point in the weekend show as well. His other stuff. He's got an incredibly trans- important transfer window with Fulham. And he's got the Jacksonville Jaguars who've had two first round draft picks. And there's going to be a bit of pressure on him to do stuff like that. And by the way, I'll book Ring of Honor while I'm in. That's like that. You just have to say no, but there's no one who's saying no at this point in time. And like you think of the dressing room unrest and you think, well, how much are the people coming in getting per appearance compared to the people who've been there a long while? And are they not justified in some of that grievance? There's like a whole series of things that's happened. And you just think they could lose half of that roster tomorrow. And how much would you really know that they're gone? Because it's mad. Everyone is a fucking stable. Can't keep up. <laughs> Sorry. It is funny. Like you try and count the amount of people on, on screen at any moment. I know that's it. But it's it is just a it's a symptom of, of where we are. And like, yeah, Tony Khan having too many toys and continuing to want more toys. And it's like they're all toys we'd want, but maybe not at the same time. You know, he's at that point in his we all we all did it when we played DWR. You get to the point where like you're signing people that you literally couldn't slot into a program because you didn't have room for them, you know, in a program coming up is is he needs a second save, which I th- was what I thought ROH was going to be, but you know, even that stuff's having to, to take place on Dynamite and Muddy in it. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into the, the show itself as far as Dynamite this week. I know you've seen uh, bits of it as a uh, as well, WH. But I mean, before we move on with Spindor, I mean, I will say, you know, the the, the rumor or at least the the teasing of Zack Sabre Jr. and Brian Danielson, that'll put a smile on my face. That sounds more mm-hmm. like a dream into promotional card. There's still room for this, you know, even if the you know the top matches aren't really floating my boat right now. I think Moxley Tanahashi is it's a well built match on the New Japan side, so I'm not really gonna complain too hard about a, a well built match. I think it was never intended to be here, but here we are. It's taking place here rather than on a on a New Japan USA show. But but okay, that's there. Not interested in whatever's going on with Adam Cole and Jay White and, and all those lads, however hard uh, Jay White tried uh, this week after his uh, his title win to, to, to make that interesting. But yeah, because I I think that Danielson Zack Sabre Jr. interests me if they throw in Bit of undercard action, you know. Let's. I hope it's not Osprey Trent. Like, there's a like. Th- Honestly, I could name twenty people on the AW roster who I think would be a higher value match for for Osprey, and that's even including like young wrestlers like a Dante Martin or throwing him in there with a Phoenix if Phoenix is around to work the show. Because I think based on Andrade's tweet today, there might be some uh, suspicion. Oh yeah, of the, uh, the Mexican, but uh, the lot the lot come from the Mexican promotions, uh, AAA and the, the CMLL issues and all of that stuff. You know, 
but that that would improve like my take on it. You know, throw in like a Darby Allen versus Hiromu, those types of matches. That's kind of what I want out of this. Not a tease that that Homma might turn up. Um, I don't know. Could he do anything to, to salvage your interest? WWE? Uh, Zach versus Brian. Yeah, that'd be fun. I I'd really like to see that, but. I think that'll probably be an exception to this card rather than the rule. I bet you Osprey involvement is probably United Empire versus Best Friends. Or like the fucking, like that whole, oh. like fucking Orange Cassidy. I just totally love that. Anyone so else? Is- <laughs> yeah. Got this list huh? Trent. He loves Trent. He loves Jay. He likes seven on seven. <laughs> he loves Christian. He loves, he's got like this little group of lads that like he just can't let go. Yeah. that That's probably, you probably I nailed that. It's Best Friends, AKA Chaos. Yeah, taking on you know that's how he's going to shoehorn everyone in the United Empire in this match is put them in except for probably Okan and Cobb they're probably a tag team match with FTR with uh, the ROH titles which is sad um, instead of the the actual you know AW World Tag Team titles. So the old but, Wrestle Kingdom days with a Ring of Honor match halfway exactly, through exactly shits and giggles. Um, I just think, you know, like I, my, my kind of observation about both companies is that they're, they're, this is actually a terrible thing for both of them because they're just like handcuffed trying to promote the show and like build towards it. Like where you, you have to book around politically around the show. Like I'm not letting any of my guys lose. Well, I'm not letting any of my guys, my top guys lose. Okay. So one of your top guys can beat one of my mid card guys. And that seems to probably be the philosophy we're going to go into this. Um, like I don't think we're gonna see any dream matches. I I honestly think that's why they took the belt off of Okada and put on Jay White because Jay White's their go-to transition dude. And if you don't think he's the fucking transition champion, you're out of your fucking mind because he that's what he was before, and that's what he's gonna be in this tent ta- this time. To take the belt off of Okada during their 50th year anniversary, that's insane. Like when you're trying to establish him being the guy like the greatest champion in the history of your company, the 50 years of your company, you take it off and put on fucking, fucking Shane Douglas redo here. No, (laughs) are you out of your fucking mind? Like what the fuck? You know, like that's, that's to me is like, okay, well it's because of forbidden door. Cause they don't want to send Okada there to do any kind of fucking job. And like Tony's probably like hangman's not losing to fucking Okada. What are you nuts? No way. He's already lost the title. He's not losing a title match. Let, let, let him win the IWGP. No. Ghetto's probably like, no, fuck. Are you kidding? I know. We'll put it on Jay. Because, like, Jay's his favorite toy, right? Ghetto is – Jay is fucking Ghetto's favorite toy in that company. Like, more than Okada in the sense, like, okay, Okada's, like, bulletproof. You can do anything you want with him. Jay's kind of, like, still this work in progress. But he's hit his plateau. He's He's hit it as transition mm-hmm. champion because he's going to go into Forbidden Door – He's probably he's probably not even gonna get the fucking pin, you know. It's probably gonna be fucking fucking hangman on fucking Adam Adam Cole. And why the fuck is Adam Cole a fucking junior in this fucking <laughs> IWGP heavyweight title match? I put that on Twitter and people were like, "Oh, he's there to eat the pin." No, no, you're missing my point. He's by all standards of Japanese professional wrestling, Adam Cole is a junior heavyweight. There is no reason he should be challenging for the heavyweight title because of some fucking. Mark Belt, he he won in some fucking fake tournament. Like that's he's a champion. Like the way I I watched the segment with him, him holding that Owen Hart Memorial Belt, like it's a real title. It's like Man. fucking sad. It just looks like Another a fucking time. mark. He just looks like a, a fucking mark. That's what he looks like instead of being I'm actual belt mark stuff. Yeah, it's sad. So like, and this guy's gonna be potentially in an IWGP title match against transition champ Jay White and fucking Mister. I can't 
get any segments on fucking dynamite, even though I'm the world champion fucking hangman page. Like, you know what? This, this is shit. And it's like, I, I think the rest of the card is probably going to be, I, I think this card, if it's like, I, it's probably going to be like fucking 10 matches. I guarantee you probably only two or three of them are going to be any fucking good and satisfy anyone's curiosity about the, the potential this had. But I think the sooner they divorce themselves from one another, the better. I don't think they're going to have this show again next year. And, and if it, if they're smart about it, especially like this close to G1, that's that's insane on New Japan's part to have this so close to G1. Like you can't you can't really sacrifice anyone to anyone in this if, if you're going to want to promote them for G1, which is leading into Wrestle Kingdom. That's it's you know like it's it's better. It was better for New Japan when they were like the top the top company. In the sense, like they could bully the the booking onto like someone like ROH, right? Or have probably mentions in the chat. Or TNA, you know, you can't do that with AEW because they're they're on an equal footing now in terms of perception. So like, and they, I think New Japan feels like we we need them. I don't. Why? Why do you need AW? You got your own division of like foreign talent that you can bring in at any time that you can do whatever you want with. You can't do anything you want with AEW talent. You know, and rightly so. Like, I don't think Tony should like get cave into any demands that that Obari and fucking Ghetto or Dick Togo want to do with their talent. Like, you should protect your own your own interest. But then again, that's the politics of wrestling, and it's just that's what we're seeing is like this forbidden door is just marred by by politics of like both companies. And, and the, the sad thing is, is both companies at this point, like you've talked about it just now, right? Like AEW is a fucking mess with the booking. Well, guess what? So is new Japan because mm. they also have this guy who's been doing this job too fucking long. He's got this other guy who's just looking out to protect his buddies and turn the fucking product more into the fucking WWE and Dick Togo. And it's just creating this fucking mess. And like, like, and they're just making, you know, a mess of the like things beyond the booking and in ring. This whole situation with the Ibushi is fucking crazy. Like to me, it's like the the worst thing that happened to New Japan recently was them getting rid of Harold May because he kept all this shit in check. You know, he was like, "We're gonna take up. We're not. Gonna, he probably would have said, we're not gonna do this for Ben Dorster uh, stuff because it's not gonna serve our interests, and we have to take care of our interests first. I, uh, you know, I long for the days of Harold May diving into the ring and us thinking he might get involved in angles and, and stuff like that. <laughs> totally that now, it man. does, <laughs> yeah. Like he did. Like I mean, if you think back on it now, like where it's been under like a Bari, it's it's not good from that from that perspective. I, you know, I, I was just thinking to myself, like it, it almost with this Forbidden Door show. In in the week where Jurassic Park Dominion has been released, Dominion as well, rather ironic. Um, like it's almost like they're so obsessed with thinking that they could that they thought whether or not they actually should, and like really sat down and thought about how to do it and plan it out. Because I do expect a second one. I expect a return leg, and I was thinking that might be the night three of Wrestle Kingdom next year. Um, and you know, it, it is just like a kind of a, a mess of a card rather than something where all it had to do was be presented as a completely standalone event, effectively divorced from storylines and stuff. Maybe the wrestlers being competitive about wanting to get on this card and they effectively have a series of matches and some of them could be fun multi matches. They don't need to be too much in there. And then I would go out and get Kyrie and bring in Kyrie to have a match with, say, Thund- Thunder Rosa as well if you really want to go kind of in on that, that's the kind of stuff that they should be like kind of looking at doing, but instead it's, 
you know, it's it's also very overly complicated, complicated and messy. And you know, like you say, we're fighting over politics, and we're you know we're putting matches in there just because you can't have a, a clear winner and lose. Like I, that is one of you know the biggest things about Tony Khan's booking, as much as you know, at least until now, we've all enjoyed kind of most of the fruits of that. <laughs> he doesn't half like get scared at the idea of like a top guy losing to another top guy. Like it's okay, you know. <sighs> like sometimes that can happen. Like it's fine, you know. We'll get over it, you know. That probably should be a hierarchy. That's something that we haven't had for years. You know, we have got way too far the other way, obviously. And it's, you know, it's a, a case where, you know, wins and losses don't matter because everyone can interchangeably beat everyone. But, you know, when you have a hierarchy in a system, at some point, the top guys have got to come to head to head. And at some point, guys have got to lose, you know. I don't think that's necessarily a, a terrifying thing. But that's the situation we're in and that kind of explains i think as well you know the logic behind what was going on on dynamite this week as well like this dynamite and i know wh you just tuned in for the uh for the main event which is probably the way to do it to be honest because standalone moxie and kyle o'reilly was a fucking banger of a match <laughs> yep. how we got there and the logic of kyle being in the, in the first place is uh you know it, it is ropey or even the the, the logic of, of moxley being in the first place is uh extremely ropey too but you know we had a we had a killer killer main event on dynamite but that's gonna constantly be the butt i think on dynamite right you know pack and and buddy matthews had a, had a cracking match in the uh the middle of the card as well for like i say for some reason for for some belt that um i know you're a world traveler wh so i don't know if you knew that the uh the uh the atlantic ocean uh comprises uh japan china uh i think bulgaria was in there was it uh there's a uh, you know the whole host of places here mate that uh you talk, you talk about gerrymandering tony khan's uh redrew the map you know you got that <laughs> i i was i was laughing so hard when someone sent me a picture of uh that belt and the flags that the Ch- china china and, and japan were on an atlantic a belt named after being part of the Atlantic Ocean or whatever the concept of this title is. Mm. It's a dumb name, by the way. It's a dumb name. And the concept <sighs> is so stupid as well. Like, it sounds like the stardom SWA title where it's, you yeah. know. And first of all, like, wait, I don't know why you need another, another belt. Mm. It's just dumb. Like, you've just devalued your TNT title, you know. And also to, to extend your world title. It's it's like and people who like say well, well WWF did that with the European title. The European title is fucking stupid because it was yeah. never de- it was rarely ever defended in Europe. It's never rarely ever held by Europeans. So I don't understand the concept of that belt. It's they should have just made a television title. Yeah, it's a bad another title. It's a bad idea. That's not only it's the worst kind of bad idea because it's not like a one night. You know, Tony Khan was up at four in the morning. I was like, ah, oh, we'll have an Atlantic title. Yeah, Japan, China. That that all fits. And like nobody's stopping him, which is terrifying. Nobody going, hang on, yeah. mate. There's an issue here. But it's not. It's not a one week problem, is it? Because he's added the belt now. That's just going to be here forever. <laughs> like so. Like mm. I mean, you get to a point where again, you know, people say, "Oh, too much can't happen on a wrestling show." You can definitely have too many belts. Like if you're at the point where literally every segment has a belt in it, like it doesn't take a genius to work out that maybe that devalues the the power of having a belt. When Adam Cole has stood there with a daft pink Owen Hart belt over his shoulder, maybe things have gone too far, you know. And there's ROH belts all over the place as well. Maybe you know the. The belts, you know, start to mean less, but 
it, that's the thing. It's like, how did nobody step in and go, you know what, Tony? We've had one too many tournaments lately. And also, the last thing we need is another belt that you've got to shoot on into TV every week. Let's let's maybe pump the brakes here. Uh, where is the quality control? Where is, like, somebody, you know, stepping in and, and having a word? Like, this is when, you know, this is hubris. This is ego. This is when, you know, yeah. bookers go off the rails when, you know, the, the, what Ooh. they think of their great ideas aren't kept in check. It becomes less booking and more matchmaking because really the belts replace storylines mm. because the only time they tell storylines are in very small kind of like 30 second bursts. And all of a sudden there's like, you know, there'll, there'll be like kind of a bit of a feud and it's, it's kind of lazy like in, in a way. And I'm sure he thinks to himself, you know, UFC have lots of belts and divisions and it's like, yes, but everything is spaced out. Like, you don't try, they're not, you know, Amanda, New, Amanda, well, say Amanda Nunez, she's not the women's champion anymore. It's, it's Juliana Pena. Like, she's not appearing every week. Like, Yuri Prodotska is not going to be fighting next week. He's not going to be like, you know, there's just so much kind of overcoming. You're right. It's, it's where is the, where's the person saying no? These EVPs, like, at which point I do wonder, it's like, what, what are they doing in any of this? Are they mm. just sort of letting it go? Just thinking, we're getting a wedge. There'll be an improvement in the TV deal. So, like, why worry? No, they're about like, let's stuff. do another ladder match on TV. That's what they're Ooh. saying. Go on, let's do the four, I, the seventh one of the year. Sandals and the Hardies. Yeah, fuck everyone else. And I think the thing that agitates me about this is like these are things that other companies have done before. There's lots of this that feels very TNA creating a global belt that Eric Young held and stuff like <laughs> that. Like there is, there's elements of this where it's TNA. And there's elements of this where it's WCW. And you just think, I'm not being funny, but like you have no excuse to not know about this. I'm not going to use the cliched line that gets attributed to me for this. But it is, it's like a sense where, you know, you might want to have a look at a history book about this, Tony. You're like, you're fucking hell, crying out loud. It, it's it's like these are the things of someone who ascribes to be this um, like kind of um, student of wrestling. And all of the things that have gone on, he seems to be like kind of making some of those same mistakes. And there's people around him who damn sure know about it, aren't really saying anything mm. at this stage. And you don't ever want to get that sort of ride the wave attitude that you end up in WCW where it just becomes, you know, it's a place where you go and you can get employed. But And it, and it also just sort of feels like it's losing its identity. Mm. Lots of gimmicks, ladder matches. Like, you know, it's going feels like a proper sports entertainment show for a lot of the time except the tv matches they have are of a much higher quality than anything generally the wwe does 100 but i don't know like at that point then you're putting a ceiling on yourself because you're very much you are kind of putting yourself into that brand rather than trying to do something different and different doesn't mean well we'll do more sports we'll have tournaments it's like no you can just tell grown-up fucking storylines with a third of the people on your roster and actually kind of build stuff properly. So when you do have, like, a big main event, it means something. Hmm. Yeah. That's basic. Basic booking and logic. I don't see. Yeah. There's nothing controversial about what you just said, but no. I'm sure people will find I mean, it. I think, ideally, if you're just talking about, a, like, just a men's division, you should have... Your world champion, you should have your secondary title, whether that's like the IC belt, United States belt, or the a TV title. I like the idea of it being a TV title, where in the modern 
era, you know, like regional belts, I think don't have as much meaning anymore. Um, and then if you have enough, like junior heavyweights have a cruiserweight title that's it that's because those sh- the, the way to get people over is to have them win titles that's the main purpose of having titles is to get people over and make them money draws and then of course you have tag team titles and i think i don't like a secondary set of tag team titles i think there should only be one set of tag team titles a trio title this on the u.s tag team titles there. yeah but at, at, in the end like they didn't really they were just like there for the midnight express to hold right they weren't really there for anyone else to hold they were just there for the Midnight Express to have something to do while, you know, who Road Warriors and fucking the Horsemen and, you know, Rock and Rolls were feuding over the world title, yeah. world tag team titles. Southern Boys. But like WWF for the longest time, they never had secondary tag team titles. And I think that was one thing I liked about their tag division for over the NWA tag team titles, you know, the United States tag team scene was that there's only these teams are all just going for one set of titles and it makes it, I think it makes it more interesting. It's more focused. And I think that's something you lose with a lot of titles. You lose focus on who you want your stars to be. Cause as long as you can book them towards winning titles and becoming world champions, eventually there's a focus on this guy's someone I'm going to first going to win my secondary title. And then they're going to win a year later. They're going to build towards winning the, the world title. And they're going to make a, become a star and I can make money with them on pay-per-view or, on at live events or whatever um and also like i guess the 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 current business model is like trying to get these huge tv deals well then you need ratings and you need to have stars to get ratings right so i think i think tony's just like gone like ewr crazy or something like that he thinks more belts more belts and it's like no dude just scale back scale back scale back dude like just book your your current existing champions better and that'll solve a lot of your problems. And don't have these people like coming out wearing titles. Is that a real belt? Is you know, like the the inclusion of the ROH titles is is terrible. Mm. And like I don't I don't think ultimately it's going to do like whoever's holding these titles like Wheeler Yuta and like the FTR any good because it's it's confusing. It's like okay, why are you placing more emphasis on these other branded titles than you are your own world tag team titles. Cause FTR is probably considered on a higher level than who, who are the current AW tag team champions? The um, Jurassic, Jurassic Express, Express. Jurassic. still. Okay. So there, but no one, I never hear anything. You guys, I never hear you guys ever talk about them in terms of like them defending their, their tag team titles. So to me, it seems like the ROH tag titles are the default actual tag titles in AW. And, and like, why do I care that really Yuta is the ROH pure champion? He doesn't work for ROH. He's a fucking AEW guy. And he's the guy, him, Garcia, and you know, are two of the guys you should be like earmarking right now and saying, we're going to push them. And in four years time, like three, four years time, they're going to be part of my, you know, my real four pillars of AEW, not fucking jungle boy. Who's as long as he's in that gimmick, he's just a fucking mid Carter. Okay. <laughs> You know, like Darby Allen, sure. Sammy Guevara, I don't think he's ever going to reach that level. And MJF, who knows with what what's real, what's not. Um, but like Garcia and Yuta, they shouldn't be wasting their times with ROH titles. They should be in like feuds with them, with each other. They should be fused with like Moriarty. They should be in feuds, like leading towards them, getting shots at the TNT title, winning the TNT title, feuding over the TNT title, then work your way towards becoming fucking aw world champion that should be the goal for those two at the very least you know 
I don't, I don't even think, though, like, there's the room for that card progression in AEW. Like, everything's so crammed and there's so much, like, that is there really, you know, like, in the early days when things were a bit quieter and, you know, the simple days of, you know, Fat Jericho being champion and, you know, but it, it was a car, it was a it was a promotion built up of young guys like you know Jungle Boy and Darby Allen and the like. There was a clear path, I think. You know, up the cards, mm. you could see it happening. Like right now, there's just so much. I don't think there almost isn't a, like a a card to to move up and to and to move around. It's just all kind right. of presented on equal footing. And I was going to say, JP, like to, you know, to the Rankins point, you know, WH asks about yeah. you know uh, Jurassic Express being tag team champions and FTR kind of being the default top tag team in the company. Like you know, I know the. Rankings Rankings are awake, but I mean that is reflected in the rankings. You know, I saw FTR kicking off on Twitter this week about being number one ranked for you know three months, and then on Dynamite this week, there's a there's a you know a, allegedly depending on Jeff Hardy, a three way tag match that doesn't involve wow. them, and again involves Jurassic Express being shoehorned into somebody else's feud, and that's one of the biggest things. Like one of the, I, I, I couldn't even believe my eyes when I saw it. I saw someone making the point this week that like, oh, you know, the, the the Atlantic belt will be fine because, you know, AW behold their other belts so well. And it's like, what promotion are you watching? Like, you know, like the, the tag champions never have their own feud going on. The TNT title got booked into oblivion recently. Like, I don't think that's even arguable at this point. I mean, the 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 the, the, the made reference to it in the promo. Yeah, you know, Wardo's buried it in his promo because you know the saving grace of that was everyone thought it made Scorpio Sky because he was going to be this big baby face. Guess what? That didn't even happen. You know that that's load of shit. We're going to do a Hangman Page deep cut on his title run. People, absolutely, we all agree the matches. For the most part, were, were very good, and there were some fucking great matches in there, especially the Brian ones early on. But as far as booking a champion and making the most important part of his show, I don't think that was there. I don't think he ever felt like the the world champion of the company. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but you know, I don't think that belt has been particularly booked well, and that goes back to the Hangman run. Like they don't book titles well, they don't book champions well. It's almost like you're given the belt, and it's like, well, you're fine now because you've got the belt. You know, look at Thunder Rosa, look at you know all of the other belts. I don't think there's a an example of a, a well booked belt in in, in AW. Maybe maybe the TBS champion because Jade's been a dominant champion. But even that that was brought in so that like. The, the women's title, which had been clogged up by Britt Baker constantly and no one else was, you know, really rising up the cars and it wasn't a chance for everyone else. You bring in a secondary belt, don't you, to give more people a chance? No, it's just the Jade belt. So we've got another belt that's just wrapped up in one person. It's just, yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's any real logic to, to how they book their champions, you know? Um, I don't think there's any, there's any defense of that and I don't think there's any reason to believe this belt is going to be particularly better booked in any way. No. And it, it, it's the last thing they need, you said before. Like, they were telling storylines, proper storylines at this point, but you just mentioned there's a hair versus hair match happening next week. I have no reason why it's happening other than Excalibur announced it on a graphic, which Jericho is often how I because his ball spot came out on the pay-per-view. That's why it's happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But, like, I mean, but ultimately I don't, like, it, it, it's hard to care. Like, and there are so many things they could be doing. Like they have all of the great components and they have the benefit of having a lot of wrestling history to learn from. And they're falling into traps that have happened as well, where like, you know, it got joked about that when WWE released all these people that like it was some sort of wicked evil Vince master plan. Do you know what? I'm fucking double thinking myself at point because he managed to clog everything up. 
So like anything good that was happening kind of was like happening like less and less and less. And it was getting replaced by all of these people who Here comes Jay Little. We've kind of already seen on it. Yeah, exactly. You don't need them. I mean, I watched Satnam Singh's debut. Like, In the middle of a which, show on Rampage. <laughs> yeah. And that like closed the dynamite a couple of weeks ago. So it's like, yeah. He did a cross body, which is more than most men his size ever attempt to do but I don't, I'm not expecting him to do a moonsault anytime soon <laughs> oh, well we got derailed again we were talking about the good matches on Dynamite and we yes, got we ram- rambled into the bucket again <laughs> um, I, I, you really enjoyed the uh, the Moxley Kyle O'Reilly match I think WH didn't you? yeah I, I, I like when Kyle O'Reilly is serious and not cool Kyle like I don't like that version of him mm. I think Kyle O'Reilly has so much upside to him as a singles person like i i kind of think if he's booked right like he could be kind of like a new generation bret hart where you can really market him towards a canadian canadian audience as mm-hmm. like this hometown hero kind of guy and and to see like when he's doing the goofy stuff like when he first came into aw was was kind of uh cringy and like no don't don't do that stuff just be a serious wrestler because actually there's there's a lack of them in aw a lot of people are like too gimmicky or, or kind of you know Daniel comedy Garcia, figures did you know that that's he's, right he's got a funny hat i know um i mean daniel garcia is young enough where that can get corrected down the line but mm-hmm. like kyle kyle's like at an age where like he should just be taking himself seriously and just like saying hey i want to be presented seriously and i unfortunately i think there's another adam cole feud with them fucking breaking up in the in the in the cards down the line mm-hmm. and i and probably for that stupid fucking owen hart belt I, I don't want to see that for him, but and the, and and the, just to be like saddled again with Adam Cole as your like lead, you know, your leader when this guy doesn't even know if he wants to be a heel or a babyface. Like he's the worst kind of wrestler in the sense. Like, listen, like if you're going to be a heel, get rid of all the stuff that people cheer, cheer. Get rid of baby. Get rid of like your stupid fucking catch line when they announce your name. Like all that is stupid. If you're a heel, if you're a babyface, bring it all back. Because then, you're, when you are a babyface, you bring it back. People are going to go nuts for it because they couldn't do it before. But you, mm-hmm. because you do it while you're heel, it means less than when you're as when you're a babyface, in my opinion. And I, yeah, I, I think Kyle has so much, so much upside. Like, and, and he's like someone you should focus on. Not, not so much Samoa Joe anymore. And I hate saying that because I love Samoa Joe, but like Samoa Joe's time is done. And yeah, like some, oh, most God, of these yeah. dudes, most of these dudes that he's brought in from the WWE, especially they're, 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 they're past their due, you know, their fucking due date. Like Kyle, Kyle still has got something in, in him. Like if you put Bobby fish as his fucking manager, as his mouthpiece mm. until he's like, I don't know like how good of a promo he is, like depending what mm. kind of material he's given, I suppose. But with, with Tony, it's just, again, like get back to the booking. It was like, he needs someone to help him. He needs to hire someone to be like, okay, I respect you. You have a lot of great ideas. Let's come up with ideas together. You tell me when I'm like going too far this direction or this direction and rein me back in. But he doesn't have that because I, I really think he's kind of like fancies himself like the the new Vince McMahon. And to that extent, like the buck stops with him. He wants to be credited with all the the great ideas and just ignore like when people say, hey, it's not it's not a great, these things are not great ideas. Like, you know, it's, it's sad because like, I think so much smoke was blown up his ass in the first mm-hmm. two years of AEW that he thinks he's invincible now. And it's like, dude, no, no one lasts forever 
in wrestling, especially in the creative end of it. Like you're going to get burnout. Like, like what's the, what's, what do they say is the maximum, like on average for the peak of a, of a book booker is like three years, right? Three years, yeah. yeah. Mm, so. Get to that point. <laughs> It's and he's not developing any new talent in a place where it really matters, which is booking. All of these shows, dark, dark elevation. He should be testing out people. How many people you have on that roster that have like great minds for oh. wrestling, mm. like that are just just the wrestlers, yeah. you know, mm. like just just wrestling alone. Like why why doesn't he like ask Excalibur? Excalibur, you know, there's a lot of good stuff. Like I mean, PWG, they had some pretty. On the top end, they had some pretty good storylines. Mm. And, you know, you had a book month to month to month, right? So I, I think if he had a committee of, like, maybe, like, someone like Excalibur, maybe, like, he he asks Punk for advice, and maybe he's like, okay, Punk, in, in like, a couple of years' time, if you still want to be in AW, but as a booker and not as on-screen talent, well, uh, come on in. You know, like, I, I think probably Punk's got a lot of great ideas about wrestling for I would- that company. I was wondering what, like, what a CM Punk who takes wrestling so seriously and has such a great brain for it. What do you think, sitting back at home watching a dynamite like this? Maybe he loves it. Maybe he thought it was incredible. You know, maybe he likes this. You know, the heart attack, Russo panic booking, a million things, you know, are going on. You know, it doesn't quite make logical sense, but fucking hell, is an exciting type of show. But I doubt it. I, I bet that he's got, he's got thoughts on what they're doing um, in his absence. And that's the point. It's like, you know, Kyle being put in this spot and having a killer main event with Moxley does him a lot of favours. Like that, you know, you talk about making new stars, JP, you know, that is, mm. that's a positive, that's a check of the positive. It's just, it's kind of like, well, you know, where was the before this, you know, is Ky- and after this, you know, is Kyle not just going to be back in, in the tag team and never near, you know, the world title picture yeah. ever? Because that's kind of what I think his is, is trajectory is, and have we really built to this moment? Like we might have built to, if it was Wheeler Uter in this spot, at least you could justify the story there. But it's like, it just wasn't the moment to do it because it was an incredible match, standalone, four stars on grapple, Really fucking loved it. Second, you know, big Moxley main event on Dynamite in the last few weeks that I've absolutely loved. Got no complaints about the match whatsoever. It was just in a situation where we were all so confused by this Forbidden Door story where Dotos apparently in a tournament and there's a fucking battle royal on the show that doesn't involve, you know, Wardlow or Jericho or Hangman Page or any of these guys, but involves the gun club. You know, on a show like that where I think confidence in what the fuck this tournament is already low, it just wasn't the time to fast-track, you know, someone Tony really likes as a wrestler to a main event. This tournament needed a little bit of credibility putting back into it, you know, add, add in the issue of, you know, Moxley magically becoming, you know, number one in the rankings. And again, I do not take this rankings too seriously, but I think when you're going to use them to justify Moxley getting a buy, they probably need to be a bit more airtight than than what we got here. And then if he, if he is going to face somebody, it needs to be somebody of quality. You know, it really, this should have been, like either you know the top five people in the rankings having some kind of four or five way where you know if you really want to protect a Wardlow or someone else of importance from getting pinned you can do that or some kind of mini tournament or just something where maybe even it's just the ex-champions button heads you know it's Jericho it's it's Moxley it's those kind of you know guys just to give it a, a little bit of credibility it just wasn't the moment to do that with someone, especially yeah. with a pick as, as left field as Kyle O'Reilly, because, I mean, nobody bought he had a chance in hell at winning, and it kind of, you know, it 
did the value of the tournament and the stakes because this is supposed to be for the tippy top belt or the interim version of that in AEW and it you know it wasn't that you know as good as the ring was and I can't stress that enough I, I thought they balls it up with the casino battle royale because it's not just a battle royale it's it's that sh- it's shit it's a shit concept just steal it's the rumble just do a fucking rumble Go, just say gauntlet just do that <laughs> give them like, all I'm fine like a- Give them all like an ace card or something like that, or some fucking yeah. poker chips, and have them come out and make the the poker chip rumble or something. You know, if you want to give your own spin on it, just fucking do a Royal Rumble, Tony. Imagine how good it'd be with this roster. We don't need this yeah. confusion with eighty-seven people coming out at once and everyone's kind of stopping because we've got twelve entrances happening. Yeah, I mean, and and the thing about that is that took up like a good like the first half an hour of the show mm. was this. And I was watching it already knowing what the result was, like kind of like pretty like underwhelmed generally because I didn't view it as the star-making performance because it would just be, yeah, he had a really good television match. Dynamite has loads of really good television matches. And generally, like after a while, you know, we've seen this before and it doesn't necessarily equate to some sort of like great push. And there's the potential to, but where's the space to breathe like for this as well and that's you know it, it, it's it's part of it but it is always going to deliver on that i mean rampage had that like kind of main event that was like a hell of a lot of fun for what it was awesome like, in, in terms of, yeah but you're just watching it going like this is all very needless surely you'd want this to be special in terms of interactions in the ring if you were going to do stuff like this you know have a couple of tag teams up against aussie open and um Jeff Cobb and Great O'Khan and do it that way. We're not even, they don't even like want to give us that. Like the first interactions of people in the ring, which used to be, I don't know, a really big fucking deal. And like, apparently it's like, we can't have that anymore. It's you mentioned about the shield earlier on mm. Bray Wyatt, the, the Wyatt family and the shield mm. entirely built on no contact, mm. just staring at each other in the ring. And I bought it hook line of fucking sinker. Mm. Me too. Me too. Yeah, that's it. And it's it's the equivalent of, and you know, you can use wrestling history to say it, Rock Hogan, when they had Rock and Hogan and like the opposite ends of a tag on the Raw before the show. And just because it happened in the past doesn't mean it's justifiable. I know the match was incredible still, but it was still a fucking stupid move. Um, you're what Rock and Hogan, for yeah. God's sake. And we've all forgotten about it, I suppose. <laughs> so I suppose that's the, uh, the counterpoint that, you know, it was still a very, very, very special match uh, in the end. But I don't think that's, you know, the, the way to, to do it. And, you know, that was rightly panned at the time. As as this is being panned, it's just it's odd. And you're right. I I love that rampage made event. Like yeah, Aussie, Aussie Open on an AEW TV show was unbelievable to see. Even if it's weird watching them now, because Kyle is is bigger than Mark Davis now. It's like a weird they've switched roles almost uh, in the team. But oh, they, they went out there and they killed it because of course they did. Because the performers in this company, you know, are of that level, and the performers they're bringing in are of that level. You know, they are going to go out there and, and give you a banger. That's almost almost a given at this point. Yeah, I'm just happy that that they're on there. To be honest with you, and they look like they fitted in. Much like in the way when they were on the um, New Japan USA cards. Mm. I thought they really fitted in very well. Mm. Like, it's the thing that we were screaming out for ages is to see kind of like Aussie Open on there. And I, I just sort of felt happy for them seeing like, you know, in terms of like the injuries and other various things like that, that they're actually getting that kind of a um, like shot on the big time in like a very bloody big way. Mm. But yeah, it, you know, as we've said before, without repeating it all over again, it just didn't need to... They need to be there, but 
Ref Pro are on there, and I was just thinking in my head how many companies have been represented, and I've got about at this point. Like, There's another belt as cool as it is to see. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Phase One Marvel jumping straight, trying to compress all the stories up to the multiverse <laughs> in there, just in one phase, and you're like, "Fucking calm down! I can't take all this. Pe- all this in. What's a DDT?" <laughs> I ask that every week, mate. No one ever answers me. Mm-hmm. Um, but before WH, uh, I'm sure the, the accomplished man he is can answer that. Do we have any other thoughts? Because we have got a lot of other... Uh, we've got another company to put stick the boot into. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts no, on I'm that? Sure. Like page or AEW? Uh, no, I, I mean, I just wish there was follow-up. That's all. Like, mm-hmm. with stuff they do. Like, the good stuff mm-hmm. that they do. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, just follow-up. Just, mm-hmm. just focus. You don't have to, like, feature, like, you know, 50% of your 90-person fucking roster. Mm-hmm. Like, just you just need to focus on 10 to 10 at the most and make them stars and then bring everyone else along the ride not everyone no everyone has to be the world champion or or a champion some people can just be like the mid card fun match you know and that's not a bad place to be if you're a wrestler at least you're employed so we need, we need more people like the acclaimed on the roster that's what i think um but yeah i mean i suppose nice tie-in because we are we have kind of talked them as well obviously big week for uh for your favorite promotion, WH, uh, New Japan too. Uh, lots, <laughs> lots going on uh, over there, mate. A, a staling, staling G1 lineup. Uh, me and JP, oh, like God. we said, we looked at the uh, the Observer newsletter from 20 years ago this week. And 20 years ago this week, uh, Dave Meltzer was complaining about a, a G1 lineup that was, uh, you know, made up of uh, a not a very interesting lineup uh, coming off the back of, uh, you know, some strong G1s in uh, in years past, and we were uh, we were in for a for a dull period. <laughs> I feel like there's a bit of a bit of history repeating here. Did the uh, the did the this G1 lineup and this you know four block seven man is it? Um, yeah, because it's anything? twenty. Yeah, to make you more excited. Somehow that's less matches than two blocks of ten. I don't really understand the maths, but apparently it is. Um, so at least it's that. That's a positive, even if those matches are probably all going to go half an hour now because there'll be seven of them on the cards. But, you know, take that. 20, 28, 28 participants, 84 matches will happen in this G1. And I I look oh, at this I, I look at this thing, this participants, and I was thinking... Why? Why are like why are like some of these names here? Like some of them are they're just you know most of them are just like okay they they're gonna be in you know like your Kata's your Tanahashi's Naito's okay you can't have a G one without them for the most part so you know um, you know like if I go through this list Okada good Tanahashi good Naito good Goto good Tamatanga eh whatever I'm not I'm I'm agnostic about Tamatanga being in this thing he last time. I don't really think he's a very good like standout wrestler. He's he's fine for what he does. He's a he's a much better tag team wrestler than he's a singles wrestler. But it is what it is. Shingo Takagi, fantastic. Okay. Chase Owens, why? <laughs> why? Like logically, why? People will say, people will say it's a reward because he's been there so long. That's this shouldn't be G being in the G1, you devalue it when you put like fucking melted wax wrestlers in the fucking tournament okay this guy is a fucking caw like a creative wrestler who looks like fucking a, like a fucking banana sunday was left out in the sun too long he looks like shit he looks like a fucking indie wrestler and he wrestles <laughs> like a fucking indie wrestler why is he in the fucking g1 this is like fucking embarrassing i see this fucking name next oh next we got 
fucking bad luck Fale, you know, like, you know, bad match Fale should be his real fucking name in wrestling because that's all he has are fucking bad matches. Okay. So he's even more immobile and useless than he was before. And I, I love when people say, Oh, but he had a good match with Shinsuke Nakamura and Tanahashi and, and Okada. Uh, I, I am like, yeah, because he had a fucking match with Okada. So he had a good performance, but you put him in there with like pretty much anyone else. He's going to shit the fucking bed, which is what he's going to do. Like in this fucking tournament. Cause he's even more, useless and talk about useless fucking yujiro takahashi are you fucking kidding me we had this great we had this like fucking amazing period where you didn't have to watch any more fucking yujiro matches in the g1 but no let's open it up to 28 fucking people and let's put him in it again fuck off really he's so fucking useless he's not even a good character anymore oh what's my character i'm a pimp in tokyo fuck off that's so fucking lame Okay, and talk about lame. Let's let's segue into fucking evil, fucking the fucking the New Japan equivalent to the fucking Undertaker. That's what they were hoping for. But he's more like the fucking New Japan equivalent to the fucking fucking Midian or something like that. Okay, he's (laughs) so fucking shit. Like I I don't want no one wants to see fucking evil matches because he's he's just going to do his bullshit. This is what we think an American heel does. Hit people with foreign objects, pretend he's a fucking wizard zombie or some shit. It's like, no, fuck, fuck off. Okay, evil sucks. Okay, here's a good name and a name that I think is great and such and deserves it. It's Tom Waller. Everyone's yeah. been wanting to see Tom Waller. He, he carries their American division on his back, right? Unlike, you know, I laughed so hard when I was on Twitter and I saw Carl Fredericks whining about being not in the g1 it's like buddy what did, what did you fucking do this year to be in fucking mm-hmm. g1 i mean i don't watch strong regularly jp you do i right did, did was he booked in any significant way that no. garner him to be, so why is he whining about it i've been promised to be in the g1 dude they don't even book you on your on your own fucking television show that supposedly was built supposed to be built around you and Coughlin and connors so you know who they do book and book strong it's fucking tom waller so yeah. Yeah, that this is like this is probably, regularly has the best matches on New yeah. Japan Strong, and so I'm excited for, for him, and I'm happy for him. I think he's gonna fucking kill it because he he's he's a guy like you know like you give him an opportunity to prove himself, he's gonna he's gonna fucking prove himself. So let's continue. Juice Robinson, fuck off, right? <laughs> fuck off. Like now that he's in fucking aces and eights, he's like more interesting. <laughs> no. Okay, uh, Jonah. Jonah, I'm agnostic about. He, we we. By the way, he's got the Pillars T-shirt, so you better fucking wear it on one of these fucking shows. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, that's that's. Hey, Jonah, if you're listening to this, you better wear that fucking T-shirt on one of these fucking G1 shows. Yoshihashi, it's it, yeah, it's fine. Like he's popular. The Japanese crowd, like they 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 they're invested in him. And he has good matches. It's fine. Jeff Cobb, fine, no problem there. Great Okan, like. I don't know what to say about Mr. Las Vegas here. Yeah, the great time but, on Fremont Street. Oh, man. Good, good, for, good nah. for him. I just hope everything was with consenting adults. That's all I'm going to say about that. But <laughs> he he is le- next in line. Like, I truly believe he's next in line to get to become a future world champion and, and, a, and a headliner for this company. Like, and he's he's got the real life, like, you know, saving a young girl from a pervert, mm. like, incident to 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 add to like his marketability so you know and he's he's a fun guy to watch in the ring i'm not a huge fan of the character 
I'll be honest, I'm still not. I and I think he needs a haircut. But beyond that, like he's fine in the ring. Him uh, and Pop and- are a good tag team. Oh yeah. To kind of have together of the makeshift ones that they done occasionally. And I even think Goto and Yoshihashi did like actually like a kind of okay job of taking it out of like the kind of dirge of G.O.D. and the same tag teams winning it. So, yeah. Okay, ne- next is Aaron Hanare. Again, it's a, it's a reward, but again, I don't I don't see why he's in this this year because like he d- hasn't done anything except just be a running guy. Like, there's nothing like again. It's a reward, and I like Hanare. I I think they should have pushed him long before this, and and should have been in the G1 like maybe three years ago. Um, but again, I I'm not excited about his chances because I think he's just sort of eat. eat pins for other people uh osprey i yeah sure i don't know i i am so uninvolved and uninterested in will osprey as a character not like as a wrestler he's he's fantastic athlete and he has exciting matches but as a character i think this you know rick flair wannabe shit he does is like so played out and so fucking boring and makes and couple that with that awful fucking fucking sponge he has on his fucking head that he calls a haircut. Like seriously, <laughs> dude, like get rid of the perm. Uh, you look, you look like a fucking, like seriously, he looks like a fucking clown, like a literal clown. that he should be in a fucking circus, like terrible. Just get back to the straight hair, dude. Just Hold get on, back to the straight hair. Uh, Sonata. Yeah, whatever. Like he's popular. It's fine. Jay White, the current IWGP heavyweight champion, the transition man. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. He's fucking transition. Jay White. Jay White, and can I just say about this win at Dominion and this promo that everyone's like losing their shit over? It's like, okay, do you remember the last time he cut some promo, like some fucking quasi shoot promo where everyone was losing their fucking minds? What came out of that? Nothing. Because he's just uh, going to business for invest. No, nothing came of it. That's nothing. the company shit in the bed, though, isn't it? Like, they, they, yeah, they should have capitalized but, on but that. But that's, that's, he should realize this and stick to the fucking game plan. But it's okay. <laughs> But here's the thing about like people think Jay White's a great promo. Like I don't think he's a great promo because oh, like he's on. just he, no, he's not because all he does is drop the f bomb and just like make challenges to people he's never gonna fight. Just like his fucking probably his fucking hero Shane Douglas. That's I was all it say, is. Like, Taz, but yeah, very Shane Douglas too. Yeah, <laughs> Shane Doug- he's he's the new Shane Douglas as far as promos go, right? I love Shane Douglas, and, so you know, I'm fine with that. Huh? I love Shane Sorry? Douglas, so I'm fine with that. You know? uh, I, I, I heard about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's just going to have his same bullshit. Like, I'm going to fucking counter your counter. You're going to counter my head. He's, he's probably going to have the most 30-minute matches of anyone in this fucking tournament. And it's going to be really sad to see. Kenta, I'm sorry. I love Kenta from two, the early 2000s. But now it's just like, why? Why is Kenta in this? Mm. Like, El Fantasmo, fuck off. Really? <laughs> really? Of all of the juniors to yeah. bring up, El, like it's not Hiroma. another Bullet Club guy as well. Not Hiroma, not Desperado. This fucking guy, Mister Fucking Gesticulation. Like I'm, I'm a fucking troll wrestler. That's how my. That's because I'm too lazy to do get real fucking heat. So I'm just gonna do things to piss piss people off. Okay, again, like good athlete, terrible character. Not a very good wrestler in the long run. Tai Chi, yeah, he's Tai Chi. It's whatever. Like, I inoffensive to me. Zack Saber Jr. It's fine. Uh, Lance Archer. 
I guess that was the like the only one Tony would, was willing to send to eat fin- pinfalls was Lance Archer. Like, you know, like in a company full of big dudes, like he's probably the most expendable big dude that Tony has now. Mm. And uh, I, I would imagine like when he's when his contract is up, he's probably not going to get re-signed and he's probably going to go back to New Japan full time. So which, which it's fine. The, the talk of the pop he got when he was announced, like he's this big deal, Lance Archer uh, in Japan. Are we all missing something? Because we're all hoping for for Brian or Moxley or somebody like that. You know, maybe that was unrealistic. Uh, to TV I, I think there's there's something to be said for nostalgia among wrestling fans. Like, you know, how many pops do you get for some mid-carder coming back to the WWF all the time, right? And that's, and mm-hmm. you know, so like, I you know, do I think fans miss Archer? Sure. Like, I think there's a lot of fans, Japanese fans, who enjoyed his work when he was in there. I just hope he doesn't bring back the spitting on fans anymore. Like, that bullshit gimmick. Like, because especially, you know, yep. now. But, you know, Harold's gone. Harold Harold's the one to put the kibosh on that. And he's gone. So, like, I just hope Archer doesn't think, I'm going to spit on people again. No, dude. There's fucking COVID still in the world. Don't be fucking spitting on people. Okay. And, and finally, David Finley. I'm a huge David Finley fan. But why? Like again, why? Why? Why does it have to be dynamite? I was quite asking that question as well. What the fuck? Was that he doesn't get that much time on impact? They they think to to make money to to compensate for whatever restrictions that they have, you have to go bigger and do more. No, actually, you should scale back and make things mean more. Because now, twenty eight people, this G one doesn't mean anything. It just fill and and it's like. I'm going to say at least half of it's filled with like fucking jabronis, you know, Juice Robinson's a fucking jabroni fucking yeah. Toriano. He's comedy jabroni, but he's still a jabroni. Like Hanari's a jabroni. Like not Finley's not going to win anything. Finley's going to win one match maybe in this thing. And why? They don't have the, the blocks yet, but I think it's going to be hard because thinking about it, it's going to be seven person blocks. It's going to be hard for any of these blocks to be any good because the quality yeah. is, unless there's one incredible seven person block that has like, you know, Tom Lawler and, you know, Ishii and Shingo and, you know, three other, four other great lads in it. It's going to be like split so finely across these four groups. There's going to be. I mean, it's probably a good thing as podcasters. I think there's going to be a lot of skippable days here because, like, yeah, I can't. I just can't see how it could land that, you know, three out of four of these groups are going to be interested. Unless yeah. they decide like an all bullet club block. Oh, God. And that's which at least I could skip that every day. Just go, brilliant, Dale. I mean, the only the only saving grace is was like fucking Doc Gallows and fucking, you know, uh, Machine Gun aren't in this fucking tournament oh. either. Like, because they're, they're, they they're would just like make things even I, worse, I suppose. I would have taken a machine gun run over some of the lads in this. Like, you know, like you said, this promo, you know, doesn't try. I'm, glad, only, like, I'm, only I'm, I'm glad that they didn't add them in there. Not <laughs> like if, if you took out fucking Chase Owens hey. and put in fucking Carl Anderson, okay, that's fine. I'd be fine with that. His theme music, by the way, can I say, so shockingly good. Who? His singles theme music, Carl Anderson. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's the He's fucking music, it's fucking great. Oh, I didn't see that coming at all. Um, it's it, I, I, the thing that I have an issue with, it, and it's WH has picked up on it as well. Is is it's just the quality control, like, is completely gone in this, and this is going to be incredibly convoluted. And they're not going to do an all bullet club block, but they're going to have them spread out so they can have the same kind of match basically. So they've got 
this person does a requisite amount of bullshit. They'll face the other person who does the requisite amount of bullshit in the block. They'll do it on each other for a comedy match. There'll be some sort of bullet club shenanigans between them not wanting to pin each other. All the while they go ahead and ruin everybody else's matches. We'll get like sort of one or two ma- good matches every day. The potential for the semi-finals to be great, yeah, but it probably won't be. Let's be honest. It'll yeah. be the usual suspects. I say every year, Tom Haroishi, fuck it. Have him win a block. Because I'll tell you what, that would, I honestly believe, hand on the heart, that would get people going. They would look at that and go, actually, this is like someone left field, like the person who actually, you know, has deserves to win a block and having the kind of semi-final things in it. But, they, but you know they won't because the booking of the G1 has been a big part of the problem and the predict, you say the predictability of it. And unless you're doing the G1 pickums, like after a while, you, you stop to care. It will follow the usual patterns. There'll be a shock win in Osaka. There'll be upsets on the opening night. There'll be some sort of convoluted bullshit in the, the finale up to the final match. You're just looking at who's in the final match on the final days and you go, right, so it's between them, is it? And then we'll end up in the scenario you do with best of the super juniors. Where what have you got? Despy versus uh, Despy versus Hiromu. Again, mm-hmm. like it's any amount of component parts they could put in this. They've still got a very rigid idea of what they want, which I still think is a card of winning at Wrestle Kingdom against Jay White. I fully expect him to go ahead and win this again. <coughs> yeah. Partly because of the 50 year stuff that WH mentioned earlier on. Well, yeah, it is. It's uninspiring. I think we all, you know, when, once you heard that, I saw Gareth tweeting about it. Like, you know, when you when you hear there's going to be more people in it and there's more blocks, your your imagination starts to run a bit wild. And I don't know, Josh Alexander. Yeah, you know, someone like that. I mean, I suppose you know Brian wasn't going to happen. Does he not want to be away from his family? Do AEW not want to let him go for that long? Is this injury thing more serious than we know? Mm. Um, you know, there is that. I bet he's glad he's not in this fucking G one. Probably, yeah, yeah. You know, Andrade yeah, says the same. he was supposed to, you know, he wants to be involved in uh, in New Japan stuff, which might have been this, and obviously there's, there's a political, you know, issue there as well. I was, I was hope, I honestly thought that just like break his contract. They yeah. all do that in Mexico. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. They'll just turn up at Arena Mexico or whatever. <laughs> I thought we might get a free agent, like a you know, like a, a Cesaro or somebody like that, or he, even like my my wacky idea these days is that like this is what Bray Wyatt's waiting out to uh, a New Japan G One there <laughs> run to rehab himself. Uh, maybe that's not. He's an all Japan man. He's maybe. waiting for his champion, you know, champions I, I, carnival. He should. I do thought that. it was funny. That should be his path. That's what he should do. Rehab Some, himself. Go someone to- on Twitter like thought that field was said fiend and tweeted that out. And then Jamesy like retweeted it. And he was like, actually would make it more interesting. And, and to be quite honest with you, I saw that. I was like, you know what? That would probably make it more interesting for me. If the fucking fiend was in the G1. Cause I would, <laughs> I think it'd be fucking hilarious. Like, and you know, you know, if the fiend was in it, he'd be in the same flock as evil. Cause they think oh. and that would probably headline Osaka. Oh, <laughs> And he'd probably have his stupid fucking red light too. It'd be awesome. Great. Like the silence would be truly deafening, wouldn't it? It'd be like a fucking void while two men are doing weird cosplay. I think the entrances would would like stir up people like in terms of like, oh, this is interesting kind of thing. And then as soon as the bell rang. (laughs) It'll look like like Battlefield Earth with all the costumes they've got wearing on there. It'll be fucking awful. It'll be like when Travolta had dreadlocks and massive moon boots and look like a glam rocker. That Scientology bullshit. 
L. Ron Hubbard, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry. Throw uh, that well, in. if this G1 hasn't done much to light up our uh, excitement about New Japan, did, uh, I know you haven't seen it, WH, but did Dominion do much for, for UJP? I, I will say, what on the positive end, what I enjoyed mm-hmm. was there were quite a few, at the top end of the cards, a surprising amount of shorter matches. Like, I ruined mm-hmm. this for myself. I threw the um, you know completely legitimate part five of uh, of the show uh, rip uh, copy uh, up on, uh, on, on my Chromecast, and I saw uh, Jay White celebrating, and I was like, hang on, are we already at that point? And I, re- I realised like the reason for it was that we had that many like ten minute matches, pretty much, um, at the top end of this show. Like, mm. you know, Shingo Taichi was surprisingly fun with their their ten minute pinfall thing. Like that was, you know, shockingly acceptable as far as that tip went. Tanashi Goto didn't outstay at twelve. That only went the the twelve minutes or so. You know, not not a personal lie. I believe Goto ever had the chance. And don't get me wrong, I don't think you know they got past like the three and a half star point. But I half expected them to go twenty plus with the uh, mm. the stakes there. I'd say Carl Anderson Tamatongo went uh, a bit too long for for my for my uh, enjoyment level in a mm. in a heavy duty Tamatonga match, but I enjoyed Osprey Sonada um, as far as like a, a short semi main. Was surprised it was in the spot it was uh, on the show, um, and yeah, I personally enjoyed Jay White and, and Okada at mm. least for you know. Yes, it was 36 minutes of it, so that kind of counts as my point about those other shorter matches. But I did think for a clap crowd, empty arena, New Japan, I'm kind of into just, you know, Jay White chewing scenery and being a, yeah. a, 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 you know, a dastardly bastard heel trying to wind up the crowd and stuff. To be honest, that's more interesting than people tra- trading holes in silence for 35 minutes for me. And yeah, the, uh, the, the reversals haven't quite bored me to death yet, WH. I'm not quite... Uh, on that train wait with uh, with old Jimmy White, I quite uh, enjoyed the presentation here. Jimmy White, did you call him? James White. <laughs> You're just sort of thinking about yeah, Jimmy White, the snooker player, of course. <laughs> I could mention some famous Canadian snooker players, including one behind here, Cliff Thorburn. There we go. Um, as well, uh, it, it, it's a funny one because he is like his character works best in this clap crowd era for what he does just because no one else is really doing it no one else is interacting with the crowd in that way and there's things that he does that are you know kind of quite good at this point like where he is a lot more confident in his reactions and knowing what to say and some of the stalling stuff he can actually make that little bit more interesting i mean i think we're past the point of thinking like what we did at one point where the person who's IWGP champion is effectively the best wrestler in the world. We're not at that point anymore. That era of New Japan has has gone and been gone for quite some time. It's about stars and it's about characters. And so he ticks that box for them. As a match, like, it was funny, we did it on the weekend show and we were talking about it and I was like, kind of just, well, a card or a win. And it was for the same reasons. It's like the whole legacy building project with him isn't it and that's something that's been continuously there from the beginning of this is their their next kind of you know big star and you know it it, it's a fine match for what it is i think it's just going to follow the usual kind of booking trope of jay white will effectively hold it up until the dome where a carder wins because they want that big moment with a carder there and hopefully it'll be clap crowd so it'll be bigger and they'll be a lot more excited it's it's like when in doubt they'll always go back to a kind of like old traditional pattern so even though i didn't think that jay white would win i wasn't surprised at the same time when i saw it 
Um, it, it's it's kind of as good or as involved I've seen a clap crowd involved in a match as well for some time. There were points where they were like kind of audibly making noise, which was which was a surprise. That's it. And don't um, get me wrong, I wouldn't go high. I went like I go three point seven five, maybe four on it. Yeah. Like it's it's still a New Japan clap crowd main event. Don't get me wrong, it still went too long for me. I'm not the uh Stefan and Mumbo gave it five yeah. stars. WH I don't know what your uh, your thoughts are on that. I wouldn't uh, go uh, that well I mean that's fine. Like I know she's uh she's like compromised to her her values with the, her love for Jay White. It's okay. Proper brain brainwashed her in the month. But no, it, it, it's not like the Jay White of when we had the last title run and the MSG stuff. I would say that that like it does feel like he's moved on. It's just that you know we're going to get Jay White main events, and we all complained about Akada's main events having a. Um, having a pattern well you know hold on because jay white matches have a very 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 strict pattern the thing that really changes is the shtick and i will say in terms of the counter from the rainmaker into the um into the switchblade that was very good and it's like he will never understand less is more when it comes to counters do the counter and hit your fucking big move it's kind of the point of the counter ultimately rather than some like kind of elaborate dance like and uh, i mean and that wasn't something that was we didn't get that as as it had been as protected in other kind of matches as well so i was kind of grateful for that finish and i think the crowd like seemed quite shocked by it as well even though we'd had half an hour and it did you know it's i went four stars in it because i thought it was like very good but that was probably always going to be the sort of top limit uh, and then like you like the stuff at the top end of the card i thought was generally fine but there was a point we weren't saying that about it and i know it's like harking back to the past but it's like fuck me it's like five years ago when they'd be putting out these cards and we'd be moaning they'd be the same three teams in the junior tag team match and you know what they'd generally be putting on a perfectly good kind of opening match on the card fucking long for those days again because we don't really get any of that kind of stuff i agree with like osprey sonata was fun the seeing shingo in this spot is annoying and i think what kind of makes it worse in a way is that him and taichi made this gimmick work which probably makes me think and i also suspect it's just time off for him if we think of it it's him resting in the middle of the card because of the basically the workhorse stuff he's had to do and it's a rest leading into the G1 so it's kind of like a necessary evil and this was I went three and a half on this because even though I hate this kind of stuff this is as good as you're ever going to kind of see it because it was kind of fun and it was quite dramatic at the end when it had got to kind of 11-10 on the pinfall so but yeah that was pretty much I also watched the tag match as well which was whatever like Owen, um, O'Khan and Cobb won. That's the main thing. Which you but. predicted on the weekend show to be fair to you. I, I, I poo pooed it because I just assumed they weren't mm. getting the belts back this soon. But and then they get to they get some belts off. Oh, they love a point pointless. <laughs> they love a pointless tag change, don't they? That's mm. yeah, Christ. Any excuse. It's like a heel turn in Noah's junior division. Water is wet, sky is blue. These <laughs> things happen. I will say about Jay White, like I think for me is like his character work is such a square peg trying to be pushing through a round hole in the Japanese wrestling scene. Um, and it's just like, like people say, well, if it fits new Japan style, I, I, I think new Japan leaning towards baby face heels 
as much as they do and trying to incorporate as much more American style gimmicks mm. and, 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 you know, like angles and stuff like that. I think it's terrible. I think it just does not fit like that doesn't fit to, I would consider myself kind of more like a traditional core new Japan fan that, you know, you want to build upon, but like maybe that's leaving, but Jay white, if Jay white was in AEW, and I think that's where he should mm. go. If Jay White was, I think he would quickly and easily become the top guy in that company because I think he probably talks better than like most of the roster there. And his character, I think, is much more suited for an American television wrestling product, not so much a Japanese wrestling product. And like, I, I think the kinds of reactions he 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 longs for from a Japanese crowd, he's he's never gonna fully fully get because there is the language barrier. Um, and unlike you know, unlike what some people want want to want you to believe, there aren't like you can't go an hour in Tokyo and meet ten fucking fluent English speakers who are na- who are native Japanese people. They, unless you're just hanging out at some fucking bar that only caters to like primarily Western, you know, tourists or something like that. Yeah. That being said, he he would get so much reactions if he wrestled and and did promos in AEW. So well, like. like I, he proved that an impact. The problem was impact also had Chris Saban beat him for some reason. This next IWGP champion was yeah. not protected at all on impact the, the last while. But that's the thing. He would be perfect for AEW, and that's why we were screaming at the time. Why aren't these main event segments? Why is he coming out and working with best friends? Like, why is it not a big deal? Because he could get that over. He could get that gravitas over in a way a lot of the other New Japan top talent probably can't to a to a primarily Western audience. I think he's he's a way better promo in in American sense than like Kenny Omega is better than like uh, I don't know like most most of the guys in AEW who are in top line aren't super great promos like MJF's a great promo Punk's a great promo but that's a given I think Moxie's I don't think Moxie's a great promo I think he's a good promo like Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston's a great promo but like I think Jay White in an American context, especially in AW would be like probably the top promo in the company. And I would imagine like he has promo battles with, with like say punk or Eddie Kingston be like fucking great. Like that'd be, those would be compelling enough for you to want to go see it live or, or buy it on pay-per-view. So, so that's my, that's my positive about Jay White. It's like, I think he's a great American television wrestler. I don't think he's a very good Japanese style wrestler. Mm. That's fair. That's fair shout. Can't argue with that. I think even Steph's mom would agree with that, mate. Um, but I'm guessing we didn't uh, we didn't talk you into watching any Dominion then. Are you uh, you with uh, with no post pure, pure pro? I just didn't have time to uh, before this recording started. I you got to get around to it. I I might watch this the main event maybe, and I I watched actually a lot of the Cyber Fight Festival top end stuff. So maybe not tonight, maybe tomorrow. Like I think I've had my fill of wrestling to be honest with you. So. Yeah. Fair. That's how I feel every week. Um, before, yeah. we, before we move on, sorry, from AW New Japan, I, I do know we did uh, kind of skip over one big news note that I know uh, Gareth wants us to rip into. Any uh, any hot takes on Jeff Hardy, lads? Um, you know, being not surprised. Past the legal limit, getting uh, stopped. I'm I'm assuming this again. is the like, and wasn't he driving with a suspended? Didn't he have a suspended driving license as I well? Mean, if he did. He fucking should. <laughs> like he's like the uh, is it Jimmy like, Uso? Slander the other Uso, but, Yeah, yeah. It's it's at a point where yeah, I mean, it's it, depressingly familiar 
really, isn't it? I mean, no great, like, you know, there's no shock, is there? Following this story, it feels like kind of a matter of time. AEW, you cut loose. But then I could see that if, if, you know, given the the other offences that he's got on his record as well, and then you've got this and the kind of severity of it uh, at the same time, could be doing time as a result of this. Yeah. And really should be at this stage. No business beyond a wheel of a car. I know know we've like, you know, stuck the boots on at AEW. Prom- prominently mm. this show for a promotion I think overall I still enjoy uh, even if I also enjoy ripping the piss out of it Like, I, but uh, it's not their fault but what was he doing in a ladder match this week anyway the lad could w- barely walk two weeks ago like he's got a yeah. dependence on this type of stuff I, I just don't think it was a good recipe in the first place like I don't really it, it, it colours his leaving the WWE because we all kind of believed him that he wasn't on any kind of drug and WWE were wrong about him and he walked right into AEW and started, you know, working on TV. Definitely gives you some doubt about that, but it's just same old shit, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, it's yeah. like endlessly happening and I'm, you know, higher than, you know, Gareth, I know, for example, on, you know, his marketability and his value to, to being in a wrestling promotion. I still think those uh, Hot Topic goth t-shirt sales are, uh, are somewhat worth it, but, you know, it definitely begs the question now that, you know, you're starting to get the old Jeff Hardy. Is it actually worth the trouble when you've got, as we've amply said in this podcast, 200 other wrestlers on the roster, you know? Um, is it worth bothering, giving them that time? Saying that, if it gets Matt Hardy out the door, maybe it's uh, in some ways a good news story, as horrendous as it is what he did. I have nothing to add. Like to me, it's not surprising that he's got problems. Like you just want, like I just hope he gets some real help mm. and is not enabled on his issues by the companies that he works for. Like, yeah. again, I think to your point, Benno, like why is he being booked in ladder matches? Like, you know, to me is it's just like, Tony's like, Oh, I've got Jeff Hardy. Oh, I'm going to put him in a ladder match. Well, no, because then you're just going to like make him want to take painkillers again, dude. Like just have him wrestle. Like, I think it's, it's bad enough. He's wrestling a, any kind of regular match. Then you got gimmicks and he's falling off tall things through tables or hurting himself. and just wants to, he's, he's, he's an addict. Like he's just, I feel terrible. What's going to make me feel better? My pills. So he's just going to go back to that, and you're going to have situations like this. So I think they should cut cut him cut him loose, pay for his next whatever rehab like he needs to go to, and and just for PR, you know, and just to 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 not look like complete assholes. Like they should cut him loose, but also pay for his pay for his rehab. Yeah, the Jimmy Havoc. That's what they did with him, wasn't it? They paid for his rehab, and then yeah, at a point, <laughs> let him go. I wonder whether Jeff will do that, though. They'll probably see the value in if he completes the rehab, keeping him around and stuff. That's probably how this goes, isn't it? Well, then, I mean, you're probably just going to have to, like, say to him, like, if it's to me, I'd be like, we're going to let you go. We can't keep you on because it's bad for us, but we'll pay for your rehab. But if you, you know, successful and you keep your nose clean for this amount of time, we'll, we'll think about, seriously think about bringing you back, but we can't have you on our roster with you know you having these kinds of issues going you know going on in your life right now yeah agreed agreed sad story all around though yeah in order to be a little bit of light of it but it is sad that you see someone succumb to the the demons over and over again um as we've seen with uh, mm. with jeff hardy so yeah guess we'll uh, probably get more on that story as it breaks but 
yeah, I suppose the uh, the only thing uh, left to talk, lads, is uh, you know the other big show of the weekend. Did this run? Did Cyberfight run head to head with uh, with New Japan? Yeah, I don't yeah. it in your heart, Jay. Was there an All Japan show running at the same time as well? We missed that on the uh, the weekend preview, um, but apparently that was going on. <laughs> I think there might have been an All Japan show on the weekend, but it wasn't like a main show. It was just like, kind of like, like a, a, a spot show. Mm. Yeah, but it sounded like there was some interesting stuff. So I'm gonna fire up my uh, my subscription to All Japan World and. Uh, Watch, watch that. It'll be easy watch because I just watch like usually the top three matches of any All Japan card because that's they're quietly they're... getting their shit together, aren't they? All Japan? Yeah, but that's fine. I don't, I don't need them to be like New Japan or Cyber Fight level. I just want them to be a fun promotion that I can watch easily without investing too much time or or emotion into it. Like that's to me the, the best kind of wrestling promotion. Is like I enjoy this. It's fun to watch. It doesn't insult my intelligence, and that's my low bar for for, for wrestling. <laughs> Don't insult my intelligence. Yeah. Well, no one'll try. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's how much of it did you Paul. see, JP? I only saw the main event, but I did the thing that I always do whenever I kind of put on any of these big shows. Is I always want to see what the introduction is and other things like that, and I want to see the kind of pageantry and presentation. And like I said, I don't know if there's an announced crowd figure for this. It was sp- just under four five thousand people. I looked it up on Cage Match. Okay, so that's slightly down from last year. No, it was actually it was like a hundred people more. Oh, was it? And than last year. So that'll be Fujita drawing them in. Um sorry, I shouldn't be saying that. Playing with fire again. Um <laughs> it, it's it is like Some great I mean, news but the thing is twenty years ago in the observer, mate. It, it's yeah. Um getting a shit knocked out of him in pride. Um, it is one of these things. It's like Saitama Super Arena is like holds like 36,000 and like 22,500 if you've got big concerts in. My God, the pageantry and presentation of this we were talking about earlier on. Like, I'm not, don't be funny, it was excellent. And that's something that Noah have. They pump money, money into their video production. So I sort of wanted to see what the opening was like. I had a look at kind of like some of the, the entrances, but yeah, I only saw the main. I know WH, you saw the, the top end of the card, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Four matches. Four matches at the top. And um, so just, I'm just looking at cage match. So last year's Cyber Fight Festival was, uh, was announced as 4,800 people at that show. And this, this year was 4,891. So 91 more people came to, to because. It's growth, isn't it? Fujita is just drawing them in. Exactly. He's he's growing Um, that company. I mean, to be fair, it's like if this was just a pure Noah show, I I, I don't think this would have been an incredibly embarrassing number. I probably think most of the TJPW, like Carl Gack and uh, DDT fans like uh, Mark Buckledy would have like uh, those types of uh, wrestling fans yep. would have uh, boosted this more than the the Noah wrestling fans who uh, never dealt the chocolate I don't know. pro fans. Huh? Never dealt the chocolate <laughs> pro fans. That's right. Chocolate. That's a completely different thing, Beno. <laughs> I know. But, I'm just uh, kidding. Just, just, yeah. I, now now Carl's like, like Gambare, shaking mate. his fist. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it was a it was a fun show. Like as far as what I saw, the I watched from the uh, the Noah versus DDT. A tag match which uh, had Nakajima like knocking out Tetsuya Endo like legit with a slap to the face and it's an accident people are like like freaking out like oh he he's clumsy he hurts people no he's not Kazuki Fujita he just slapped him and unfortunately like Endo took the move wrong 
like took a slap one because he he snapped his his neck and i was reading that if you don't control your head with a strike um you there's a danger that you're going to give yourself a concussion based on how strong you're like the person receiving the strike how how you know how how fast and how how strong they they move their neck and and therefore their brain and stuff like that so hope, hopefully he's he's he'll be okay Tetsuyendo. but up to that point it was like a really fun match it had a lot so much potential but it was only like five, five minutes mm. but for what i saw i gave it like three stars mm. on, on grapple uh next was uh keno noah versus daisuke sasaki uh, from DDT, a hardcore match. This was this was fun. Like I'm not really someone who's that familiar with uh, Daisuke Sasaki, and and you know I'm not a huge fan of the DDT style. But uh, what was incorporated was good because Keno Keno is me, Benno. Keno hates meme wrestling, hates the DDT like comedy bullshit. So he didn't play into it. He stuck to his guns as a character oh. and just played it straight. And and it was fun. He 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 fucking kick the shit out of like sasaki but like you know sasaki looked looked okay in this match as well so i gave this like i forget what i gave this like maybe three and a half three three quarters uh next this is for you carl princess of princess title match uh yuka sakazaki challenging current uh champion shoko nakajima the big kaiju the big monster even though she's like four feet six inches tall it's 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 a it's a gimmick. but she's for a very short wrestler, she is really fucking good. Actually, so is Sakazaki. I would say like the the top three wrestlers in this company that I, I'm familiar with are, are those two plus Miyu Yamashita, and they are like fucking amazing workers. And like, you know, if Carl finally forces you to watch any TJPW uh, uh King of the Mountain choice. <laughs> you find a new you, King of the Mountain to push him back. He's on us, mate. <laughs> But if you do, like you, you'll probably enjoy any wrestler, any matches involving those those three because they're they're very very good wrestlers. But uh, that was a fun match. Uh, it was uh, I gave it four stars. Uh, you know, Nakajima looked great. She retained the title. Uh, Sakazaki, I I'm always amazed that like she just goes beyond this magical girl gimmick, and she's like a strong striker, really strong striker, and just has some really um, amazing high flying moves. Like there's this like middle of the top rope 450 she does like the balance needed for that just unbelievable but she doesn't like you know go overboard with this shit like like ray phoenix would for example Mm -hmm. but our main event the battle of the lariats uh 52 uh, 52 year old satoshi kojima taking on a 40 year old go shizaki for the ghc title and and this is noah so the guy who's 12 years older wins the title but i'm okay with it he he's a guy in his fifties, Kojima, who's 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 still good. And he had they had a really fun match. I went four stars on this. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy like he joins the pantheon of uh, Grand Slam Japanese um, champions, like that. The others being Takayama, Mudo, and Kensuke Sasaki. And the Grand Slam, for people who don't know, is you have held the IWGP title, you've held the All Japan Triple Crown title, and now you have held the GHC heavyweight title. I think holding the GHC title at this point in history, is not mm. so prestigious. You're kind of just giving those out, to be honest with you, those title reigns. But uh, hey, good for him. I, I'm pretty sure he's probably going to lose it to fucking Vegeta or Mudo, you know? And uh, 
If he loses it to like Kaido Kiyomiya or Goshizaki, then you know Mudo's last match before he retires, his absolute last match is going to be him winning that title and leaving as champion. That's that's going to be the five match series that he announced. Like I, I, from now until next spring, I got five more matches. He's just gonna he's just, just going to bury everyone, especially if they're twenty three years younger than him minimum. He's going to bury them, leave them in the dust. He's ne- and he's just going to laugh. All the way to the bank, and yeah. for some people, that's great. It's Keiji Muto. For me, it's like I loved Muto for a long time. I have hated this run of his yeah. right now, and and it's just so short, short-sighted and selfish for someone who's who's been in a position where like people, other you know, the generation before him put put him over and made him strong. That he doesn't do the same thing for the new upcoming generation. He knows better. So, but. Yeah, He's four, top four matches on this show. Good. But to your to your point about the entrances, JP, like pretty much almost every match had like elaborate dance dancer entrances yeah. accompanying them. And like especially these these four. And to the point where like I thought it was overkill and just like you just devalued. Like by the time I get to the main event, I'm like, well, I don't want to see any more dancing guys or girls. Like just well, get they gave just, him. It was like he was trying to rival fucking Princess Diana because, like, that thing, like, attached to the back of his fucking jacket, this big, long green. They all held Noah banners and stuff like that. And he's just like, you didn't need to do this. It was like going to go full blown Genki Sudo at points. They had like a boy band with Kojima. I thought he was going to start bearing his chest and the rest of it. It was like, it was proper mad. Not like proper Genki Sudo mad, by the way. If you don't know who I mean, just Google, just put it into YouTube. Genki Sudo just like would do these elaborate MMA entrances where he'd be dancing with them. That was the only thing that was missing here um, for these. So it's like they're spending pretty money on it. Yeah. But they're also like, and I, I saw that main event and I agree because Kojima's in that band of good 50-year-olds who uh, can go and fundamentally will put people over ultimately. Yeah. But then if you wanted an idea of where they are and think of where they were in January and we, you know, I know we'd spoken on the podcast about, you know, this is raising Noah up to New Japan's level. Where would would Kojima have, he's not even, in, he wouldn't be in a G1. They wouldn't consider him in the 28 wrestlers to put into a G1 at this point. They'd say he's past the point. So 52 years old, you could, there's, there's reasons around business and nostalgia to do it. And I'm less averse to him getting it. But like fucking hellfire, like it is, it, you know, it, it, he's going to lose it to another fifty-two-year-old who's going to then lose it to a near sixty-year-old, or he'll use it to a young bloke who is there purely out of spite to lose. <laughs> and this is the thing: it's not like Muto's not even putting over the next generation. It's the fucking generation underneath that. Like it really is, isn't it? It's just like the the ultimate in kind of selfishness. And with no tangible business effect, because you take out this show and obviously a lot of the the kind of, you know, money that they threw into this. And they're at Kurokun, it's less, you know, I was talking, me and WH talking about this last night before we started recording. It's less than 500. Less than 500. That's yeah. where they are by themselves. Most of that crowd, I would sincerely believe, are the, you know, that Tokyo Joshi Pro and, and uh, DDT as much as Noah. But Noah will always kind of get the, you know. Oh, I did see Tim Thatcher wrestling in like weird, te- weirdest ten man, f- like the team he was in. Him, Simon Gotch, Michael Elgin, 
Rene Dupree and he owed a Dr. Wagner Jr. <laughs> what a team of lads. <laughs> the fuck do you say? Okay. Rob Van Dam teaming, teaming with juniors. Oh, I saw him. Um, Ian put on Twitter Rob Van Dam. He said he looked the most like Barrymore he's ever looked in his life. Is that whatever uh, <laughs> the, the, the state of play with Rob Van Dam? Hey, he got his entrance music as well. I don't know what you think to be about uh, wrestling yeah. promotion. Oh, yeah, he got that. And then when he, he got the pin, so then they played the ECW theme, which was, I was just laughing so hard. Yeah, I think that stuff is hilarious. <laughs> do you think they got in touch they with the, uh, the families of uh, the band members of Pantera to uh, to get that to yeah. die? <laughs> well, you know, your your favorite uh, Noah English commentator was not wasn't working. It? wasn't wasn't working on that show. Huh? They had these two other people. Who did Karen tell me? Karen told me they one is like a, a, a voice actress, a point a personal trainer for the Noah people. Yeah, like um, I think it's like. Dutch or something. His name's Boss, like Boss Rutten or something like that. And then, not it's not Boss Rutten, but it has a name like Boss Rutten. And Sebastian Sescon. There you go. Like, and then, and then, yeah, voice actress who, they, I'm, I'm sorry, both were horrible. Like, <laughs> you know, they were just kind of like clueless. And Stuart Fulton had to like kind of just carry the entire load for five fucking hours. Like, I kind of felt sorry for that dude. But um, he has yeah. to do that a lot, doesn't he? Like, yeah, it's to carry the load, you know. So, because this bloke, I'm looking on here, his early work was predominantly as a personal nutritionist for competitive fighters, businessmen, housewives, and power athletes. Just sounds like a serial shagger. To me. <laughs> like, well, that kind of description of his, like what he's up to, why he's commentating on a fucking wrestling show. Christ knows. A lot of it. A lot of his was like, yes, it's uh, yes, Stuart, it's great. Oh yeah, and then some like com like you know original comments here and there, but like and Fulton does like the the Lenny um, Lenny Hart kind of wacky voice intros as well, isn't he? What? And commentating like it's, it's no, Stuart Fulton. I'm sure he's doing like the English ring announcements. What like when announcing wrestlers as they're coming yeah. to like oh Shiozaki yeah that type of stuff yeah. I think they just got the fucking guy from Pride or something like that who did all that shit and maybe the guy who does it's a woman who, is a woman Le well, Lenny from, Hart. maybe oh maybe it's like the the guy who used to do New Japan or maybe he still does it I don't know but they got someone like that who's just fucking terrible like guy the whole effing show raw Van Dam they said it yeah it's like I was just laughing. I don't know. Should have used his TNA music. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Next is, is Keno. Keno versus Kojima. Keno's gonna lose. <laughs> He's not yeah. Tell that. you, JP, like, you know, just Keno, Congo, Nakajima, all of them. Just take pull up their stakes, move the tent to all Japan. Be well up for a bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. That would be well up, well up for that. I mean, they would be uh, a real invasion team. angle, not some yeah. bullshit you're doing in uh, AEW. <laughs> With like, <laughs> why are you invading? You had the presidents of both companies shake hands yeah. and say, "We're gonna have this pay for you together. We're gonna come together." And now, the, and then, all the wrestlers are invading each other. It's like it's 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 even stupid. Honestly, it's stupider than like a you know Survivor Series build between SmackDown and Raw. Oh yeah, when he gets, he is. Red we're very much into red t-shirt, blue t-shirt territory, aren't we? Or TNA security back in the day. <laughs> That's the proper thing. <laughs> it is. 
There we go. Well, uh, yeah, Any anything else uh, you guys have uh, watched you want to mention before we go? I think that kind of uh, brings us to the end, unless JP's been watching some uh, MLW on the slag. No, I haven't. Um, he'll always have a place in my heart. And when I think of Satoshi Kojima, you know, you know, real ones know that he's pure MLW as well. That's he right. was their fir- first ever champion. Yes. Um, he told Triple H, he said, I'm the MLW champion. Triple H was like, what's that? But hey, Court Bauer got his got the last laugh in the end because he, he got Vince McMahon yeah. to fire his, his his own daughter. What Kojima should have replied with the benefit of um, being psychic is, you know, what's an MLW? He should have gone, it's the company that's going to get your fucking wife fired and then just walked out. Like, that would have been just awesome. Big mic drop moment. It never happened, obviously, outside of my head. Um, but no, yeah, uh, I haven't seen anything else wrestling-wise. You're getting back that's to the swing of things, JP. I'm getting back into the swing of things of it, yeah. Um, I didn't think I'd come out thinking the cyber fight would possibly be like kind of show of the week, but weirdly, <laughs> here we are. Mm. <laughs> uh, hey, Rampage was a good hour of TV. That did kind of get lost in the air uh, as far as matches go. It was too much in an hour. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of some, still some bemusing booker decisions, but you know, in ring. Chris Statlander looks good. Mm. In ring was very good. There we go. Well, there we go. We got uh, got some WH uh, New Japan takes. We uh, had a little go at, uh, at some Noah, and yeah, we put the boot into AEW. So all that is left, uh, WH, where can people find uh, more of that kind of stuff uh, from you on the internet, mate? Oh, uh, well, on uh, on the Twitter at WH Park Nine, the number nine uh, for my hot takes. Sometimes I'm I'm inspired just to like tweet like twice an hour and just like just if I get really riled up and, and angry about something. That I and, and believe me, I know all my anger is irrational. I shouldn't get this fired up about things, but <laughs> part of it is also like I just I just do it to see the world burn. Like people get angry at me, me about like to just like oh you love New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. Well, let me dissuade you of that possibly here. But uh, <laughs> it's on Twitter. Um, also uh, at Post Wrestling, you can find me doing uh, several shows there. That's right. Got his hat. There we go. Got I didn't got the dad hat though. Yeah, it's the better one, Deveno. Like I'm, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm not as into hip hop as you are. So I, therefore, I do not wear. I'm with you on the dad uh, hat. A snap, uh, a snap, <laughs> a snapback. But um, yeah, post Perez coming. We're gonna do one in a couple of weeks with probably with me and Karen Pearson. Look out for that. Um, the uh, the new episode, the long and winding road road with me and John Pollock. His first time on the show. Looking forward to that. We're going to talk about possibly the greatest tag match of mm. all time. And yes, it does not involve the Young Bucks. They are they are not in the greatest tag match of all time. This tag match involves Mitsuhara Masawa and Kenna Kabashi taking on Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Tawe from June 9th of 1995. And uh, it's an amazing match. Please watch it first. It's easily found on, on the internet. And then come on Saturday, listen to me and John wax poetically about it and of course i do mcu later every week with waiting and uh we're covering miss marvel uh right now and uh, that's a fun show to watch and we're having fun talking about it and uh, of course here at grapple i do a show with jp hulahan about star wars about the obi-wan kenobi show it's called hello there and yeah. uh and uh we're having fun and a uh, new episode dropped today um, where I I um, kind of put the boots to like, why are there t- TIE fighters here in this base? And there's no one 
launching them to to stop these two snow speeders right. attacking this uh, base. Anyways, next they use week. a trench coat to get past people. That's right. Who apparently, can read the force. Absolute shit. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, there's there's holes. We don't just like. Oh, everything good about Star Wars is great. No, we, when there's something to complain about, we will complain about it. Trust me on that. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think though, if I, if it's getting good reviews, JP, if you're up for it, we're going to cover more Star Wars after after this show is done. Oh yes, so that's doing good numbers. There's more Star Wars and Star Trek geeks out there than I thought. Um, hey, you know, <laughs> well, not not everyone can like light tubes and uh, Wu Tang Clan like you, Benno. Like, there's got to be other people. <laughs> light tubes have, involved? Uh, is there not? I'm sure there's light tubes. You know, it's all kind of. Oh, they called no lightsabers, oh, not right. light okay, tubes. Okay, yeah, sorry. yes. I need, I need that education. Just never got into it. Never got into Star Wars. That in comics, like they feel like real crossover things. That as a wrestling fan, should have been my thing. Just never were. Maybe one day later in life. No, you. just 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 stick to getting COVID at GCW shows. And, uh, <laughs> that's my hobby. Too. <laughs> and 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 the Wu Tang Clan, you know, that's 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 those are he's all your hobbies. He's off to Delaware next. He's off to uh, DJ Hyde's farm. You know you fucking... want to come, JP. You know you'd have a time. I don't, like. mate. I don't, mate. I'd be I'd be Weird fucking puking. Style. It's disgusting. Well, well, Ben, let me just ask you: like AEW announces when 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 they announce Toronto pay per view. Are you are you, in, are you coming? Yes, I think that's a, yeah. that's a nailed on. I'm definitely looking at um, All Out slash the uh, the New York show at uh, Arthur Ashe uh, as far as the next one to go to. But they announced a Canadian date. That'll I'll be, the be there, mate. Get cheap flights there from uh, from Dublin. Less than five hundred quid. Not too bad. There you go. Um, you gonna yeah. you gonna join in, JP? Yeah, uh, I think I'll be. Yeah, yeah. Toronto we'll definitely. I'll I'll get you some proper poutine. Lads, don't you worry about that. Good lads. I need to try Tim Hortons because we'll, like, we'll go to Tim Hortons. Me I will take you know what? I will take you to some of the one of the one of the most grimy and sleaziest Tim Hortons that I know. Get it. That. Do they provide get a it. sleeve though? Because I didn't get one when I was in Belfast and I wasn't happy I reported it to John. You gotta ask, you gotta ask for the sleeve. They don't give it they're they're trying to be eco friendly and not waste cardboard. So you gotta ask for the sleeve. You just don't can't expect it. Even if the coffee's like gonna burn your fucking hand. Like it was like a fucking fireball thrown by Chris Jericho, you know. <laughs> if it's even if it's like that hot, it's it, it. You still got to ask for the sleeve. They just don't assume that you want one. So, and I was gonna say from that GCW show I went to, you know, a shock call. My highlights of the show, WH, was Rina Yamashita. I thought you'd be proud of me. You know, she was the uh, by far the best worker on that show. You know? Okay, I mean, I don't really know her that well. I, that's more of a, I guess, a Carl Gack. That's more of a Carl Gack. Uh, Ice Ribbon. Yeah, Ice Ribbon. I like. I like the top end of Ice Ribbon. I don't think she's in the top end of Ice Ribbon. She's more of a deathmatch wrestler. But uh, I'm sure Carl's excited that you said Rina Yamashita. So, oh, he was. Know. He was. I will oh, say that knows more of a marvelous Takumi Aroha. Oh, that's right. That's I, you listen. You we all we all start got a standing seedling, and then learn how to <laughs> learn how to how many ends are in that the name of that company. But, it's uh, ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous from a pure bog standard marketing point of view. It makes zero sense. <laughs> There you go. Well, what have we got to plug, JP? I mean, we did most of it at the top oh, of the show. Daily updates are yes. back. Weekend show is on Friday, which if you haven't listened to it, you are a paid show. We basically just spent an hour catching up, really. So it was a bit like John and Way's uh, talk show. It kind of felt like. It's so. fine. I loved it. That, I yeah. loved it. You, you put me off LA for life, though, Benno. I know it's bad. Like between you and Steph, like steering it. As she well. loves it though. She loves it. I like. I yeah. I didn't feel it, but maybe I didn't go to the right part. In fact, I know I didn't. You know, Hollywood is. I like where you almost got in a fight with yourself. That, that was my favorite. <laughs> <story. That's... laughs> 
That's some edibles. I found the picture of myself in that moment, and yeah, I do not look like I'm in a in a good state at that moment. But that lad had some nice screenshots. I've got to say, you know, he looked well. Um, <laughs> oh, you. By the way, your your legs just amazing. You had some nice legs. <laughs> Thank you, WH. I appreciate that, mate. I'll, I'll tell Steph that. Um, you know, he's got a swimsuit issue coming out soon as well. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it'll be your uh, yeah. OnlyFans is uh, is on it. OnlyFans <laughs> forward slash grapple. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's pat- yeah. Patreon.com forward slash grapple. Yeah. You observe this as well, and an, an extensive bat catalogue at this point. I do mean to look back and see what we were recording like this time a year ago, but I never could be asked, or I just forget about it. Sorry. You do that yourself. I could do, yeah. Go through the fucking loads of stuff now. <laughs> well, we're gonna Silly s- amount. We're going to spend five minutes with our patrons as we come up with a, a name and some uh, images for the show. But yeah, for the uh, for the free audio listeners, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, WH, for joining us. Uh, yeah, we'll be back again with another show next Monday. Bye. Cheers, all. Good stuff. Hey. Stein.